0: Up everything. Well, our fans were getting pretty pissy, so we thought we'd do another episode. We've got all the Edmonton drama. We've got all the Evander drama. We've got all the Bennington drama. We've got more drama than would even be fit for your mama, and also a whole lot of games. It's gonna be a loaded episode, so let's get started and let's go blues.
1: I was here, on the street, I was passing my time away.
0: back, everyone. It's been too long. Welcome back to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, January 20th, inauguration day a year ago, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> we are inaugurating episode 204 of the podcast. It's been well. I guess it's just been two weeks. Why are mm-hmm. these people so bloodthirsty?
2: We haven't seen each other in long. No, record.
0: that feels that's been almost a long like a time. month. Yeah, maybe. I guess so. I don't know.
2: Feels like it. I guess so.
0: Yeah, I was down in Florida. You fed your parents mm-hmm. <laughs> with a whole lot of drama. They're like pets. You gotta we, feed them. We gave the people a soccer podcast. What are they acting like? That's a different sport. Yeah, go listen to that. It's all part of the same podcast empire. We've got a head coach now. People Mm -hmm. probably don't know that, but we do. He's from South Africa. So, you know, you got to respect him. (laughs)
2: Do you? No. No, 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 no. 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 But hey. We will. The Blues gave him a jersey. Bernie Federico gave him a jersey. That's right. And Bernie Federico is a Hall of Famer. That's a Hall of Famer. Which I
0: I still wouldn't believe if they didn't tell me all the time. Um, Never forget, Ian. To switch the topics uh, rapidly, it's too cold. It's too. It's too cold. It's. It's too cold. It's an emergency. This is not weather. One week ago, tomorrow, I guess. No, one week ago today, I got in a car at two thirty p.m. on in Jacksonville, suburban Jacksonville, and it was seventy three degrees and sunny and I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts and I was preparing to drive home and I knew that there was a winter storm coming and I got depressed <laughs> and it has not I have not regretted that feeling ever since it's too cold I drove all 14 hours that night which was stupid but I did it crazy uh, person it was the that was the best time I've ever had driving it was just like four hours gas four hours gas four hours gas and you're home it was crazy, but then I was rewarded with sub-zero temperatures, which it's technically not, and you know
2: ice and snow, and I hate it. Only one more month, right? Like March. March in Missouri isn't winter, right? Yeah. March in Missouri is springtime. No, nah, except
0: there's always one or two days that's just like, what happened? Uh, what happened to you, March?
2: So my hope is, come mid-March, when we're all in Hawaii, when mm-hmm. all of us are in Hawaii. We're going to come back from Hawaii. Oh, everyone listening to this podcast, we're all all in Hawaii. Uh, When we come back, it'll be spring. And we just won't have to deal with this anymore. Yeah, I like that. That's my hope. Um, I like the positivity. Yeah, I walked my dogs this afternoon at noon when the sun is quote unquote high in the sky. (laughs) Not so much in winter. Um, And my hands about froze off. I was like, I'm not wearing gloves. We were outside for 10 minutes in their little sweaters because I don't mm-hmm. want them to get cold. And my hands, I couldn't feel my hands. Yeah. I haven't felt that since, like, college. Yeah. And I came back in and I was like, what a moron. I need to wear gloves yeah. from now on. And you went to college in Minnesota. Yeah.
0: Not, not in somewhere warm. No. Or it- temperate.
2: It didn't harden me. I thought I would, but but I I came back and I decided, fuck that. (laughs)
0: There's no preparing it, because nine months out of the year, you're fine. And even most of winter, like most of winter, it's like cold, but I'm like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I put on a jacket and it's okay. But then there's these days where it's like, you can't, there's nothing you can do. You're just, you're just going to be in pain,
2: physically in pain. You know what? Being in Minnesota for the winter, I was there at like the worst, like like in the worst Mm -hmm. age group. Like mm-hmm. a college student living off campus, but close enough that, that like really drive. you just need to yeah you just need yeah. to walk. Mm-hmm. Like that's the worst. That's the nightmare. That's yeah. the worst. If yeah. you're a worker, you just get in your car in your garage. And then drive to work, and then you and do walk the same underground bag. tunnels yeah. all over campus. To be fair, they did have those. I did not use them.
0: Really, you no. were a man. Huh? You were like, was this like a super masculine thing, or no, just I, a,
2: you know, they a didn't, laziness? I feel like <laughs> they didn't promote them as much as they should have. Yeah, yeah, probably not. And then I just didn't seek them. Uh huh.
0: I wonder. That's that's crazy to me. That feels like. That's, like, no different than, like, the Incas, you know, in terms of a different civilization (laughs) from what I live in and what I'm used to. Minnesota, just like the Incas. Just like the Incas, as everyone's always said. Uh, I feel like I think that I prefer cold to hot, but Mm. hot never makes me feel pain. Mm. Like, cold, this kind of cold today, like, I'm in pain. Mm. Even if, even just in the walk between, like, The car and the house, you know, Mm. it's like, why? Why is the world like this?
2: That is very interesting because I do hear the argument all the time, and it makes sense that people will sometimes prefer the cold because you can just pile on as many layers as you want, Mm -hmm. whereas when it's super hot, maybe you're naked outside, and that's you'll always be that hot. The
0: problem is, I don't pile on the layers. (laughs) I'm never
2: going to. Well, that's the thing. Is like I understand the logic, but I just I still feel like I just rather be. In the heat, and be yeah. like, "God, I'm so hot." That'd and be, th- like hurt in the cold.
0: Another thing too is if you if it's hot outside and you get in your car, the air conditioning is immediate. Mm-hmm. But if it's this cold outside and you get in your car, that heater is not doing crap for like five ten right. minutes. So you're just cold That's in true. a moving car. I mean, it's I there's, I don't know. There's I just an ice cube better. sliding across and, the. <laughs>
2: the fucking road
0: and that's when i'm sitting here and i'm thinking you your work is in a state that doesn't have this and you could just live there but here we are we're in missouri we've all
2: made choices we've
0: all made desperately mistaken choices yes all right with that rant out of the way let's talk about um where do we start do we just dive right in with jim matheson i think
2: we have to
0: all right so get this elephant out of the way Wow. So, um hockey sucks. We've been over this a lot. <laughs> hockey is terrible. It's not
2: good for us it's or anyone. It's bad. Yeah.
0: I don't know why you would do a podcast about it to be perfectly honest with you. Um for those who don't know, the Edmonton Oilers are in the tail slide to end all tail slides. <laughs> this is like Mike Yo coaching your team in midwinter level tail slides. It's bad. Uh, and it's not getting better. And tonight they get to play the Florida Panthers, and they're down two to nothing. Uh. <laughs> they are two six and two in their last ten, but they've also lost their last six. They are now uh, the second to last in the Pacific Division, um, with a twelve point cushion on the Seattle Kraken, but also ten points behind the Golden Knights. Although they do have five games in hand. Um, but do you feel confident that they're going to win four out of those five? Three no, no, out of those five? No. no. Let, let's be very clear on this: the Oilers are not making the playoffs. This year. There's no, <laughs> there's no chance. There's no chance because not only is it happen, not only is it happening that they're in this streak. Yeah. But there's like, it's like all bad, man. This isn't like. Like, how do you dig out of this? Even Connor and Leon aren't performing.
2: Elliot Friedman has talked about, like, if it's non-negotiable, it's a non-starter that they don't make the playoffs, and I kind of want to email them or IM them and be like, hey, so if they don't, because it seems very likely, what happens? Yeah. Because in my head, it's like, well, you just, fu- just get rid of Ken Holland. Yeah. But they won't do that. They'll fire the coach and they'll make some changes, and that will be their, like... This, yeah. That see it was non-negotiable. They had to make those changes. I'm like, no, non-negotiable means you like clean house. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's
0: it's a disaster area, and everyone knows why it's a disaster area, right? Is the goaltending. is the number one reason. Yeah. If you're gonna point to something, point to the fact that they went into the season with Mike Smith, 38 years old, who Granted, played like 20 games last year and was great, mm. but Mike Smith was the guy they thought would start 55 games this year, right. and their backup was Miko Koskinen, who's always sucked. And we <laughs> didn't—we're not even covering because it was in the week that we missed the whole drama with uh, Dave Tippett throwing Miko Koskinen under the bus and Miko Koskinen being <laughs> like, "Hey, that was kind of a dick move, wasn't it?" Because that happened. But that all brings us to a boiling point. Uh, which occurred earlier this week, Tuesday or Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And we, I guess Tuesday.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, it was right after everybody released their early podcast for the week, so we had they to wait for it. all the feedback. But, um, I guess we'll just we'll pause a second and play the interaction. I'll find a way to play it, and then we'll comment on it after the fact. I'm I'm a big I'm a big time podcast producer, mm. people. I make these things happen for you. So if you haven't <laughs> heard the quip. Uh, the, the participants you're hearing, uh, the mel- well-miced one will be Leon Dreisaitl, and the angry old man-sounding one is Hall of Fame journalist Jim Matheson. Take it away, Jim.
2: Um, lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there, is there one thing that you, in your own mind you're saying, we've got to get better at that? Yeah, we, ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, c- yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I
0: gave you an answer.
2: Not very good one. Okay. Yeah, but I have one more for you. I'm Leon, you show your frustration on the ice. Last game against Ottawa. Is that a good
1: thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated?
2: Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure.
0: Good. Yeah. Okay, so that was an experience. <laughs> uh, what a clip. What a clip. I, I'm tempted to put all of this. I am. I will put all of this on Jim Matheson. Mm-hmm. Leon Dreisaitl isn't exactly engaging in the clip. I'll give him that. Right. But he's also, first of all, he's a second language speaker, even though he seemingly speaks English very well. I mean, he knows the word pissy. Yeah. Which I wouldn't think would be at the top of Duolingo's charts. <laughs> um, I'm but... going to guess
2: pissy tomorrow on Word <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Um, but
0: <sighs> this, is, uh, this is everything that's wrong with hockey in a clip. You know what? My, I'm going to tell you my biggest problem with this, and then you can go off. I want I want you to have the floor. But like, my biggest problem with this is the initial question sucks so hard oh yeah because here's the thing you're asking this guy what the biggest problem with the losing streak is and we all know it's goaltending mm. we know that and not only do we know that but that's already been a controversy in the Edmonton media mm. in the last week so under no circumstances is Leon Draisaitl gonna get up there and say yeah we're not getting enough stops And that's why we're losing games that we put up five goals. The other team puts up six (laughs) goals and we still friggin' lose. He's not going to say that, right? Mm. 100%. So the best answer you can possibly get at that point is the just generic cut and paste hockey answer of we need to play the 200 foot game. Mm. We need to play a full 60 minutes. You can pick them out of a hat, right? I mean, you know, all the expressions that they might say in that circumstance. And so, Instead of giving you one of those, Leon is at least, like, honest. And is just like, everything's bad. We need to do better at everything. But you don't like that. So then you get pissy with him. And it spirals from there. So, Ian, please tell us your, your thoughts on this take.
2: I mean, yeah. I saw a lot of back and forth where most people, I think, in general, have been on Leon's side. You've got a lot of different reporters um that are with matheson i think there's a clear age divide if you're an older person you're with matheson if Uh you're a younger reporter you're not um and then there's some people that kind of give you the both sides argument right but while leon is being very uh quiet and tight-lipped and isn't saying much i think there's a history there supposedly i don't know where i heard this some other some one of the other many podcasts hockey podcasts but like he supposedly is hard to talk to like the media thinks so and he's actually been doing supposedly a better job this year of like opening up and talking a little more um, you know just because you're in a sport where you do have to talk to the media doesn't mean that that's like a side of you that you've honed and you mm. are good at like I wouldn't be able to do that uh, so it's you know it does it comes with the territory you got to talk to the media but that doesn't necessarily mean you're good at it so that's kind of where he sits he's trying his best but like you said this is on top of already losing whatever 10 of your last like 12 games or something like that like he's gonna be angry he's gonna be annoyed and also Dreisaitl gives a answer that I feel like you hear from lots of like annoyed players when they're like in losing streaks or they're performing you know poorly personally and everything they just like one word answers Mm -hmm. you know you think you're gonna try and score more goals yeah you know, you, yeah. you know how you're gonna try to do. Like, well, I just gotta get, just gotta get better, and that's it. And I'm sure those reporters don't like that their column now has like 20 more lines to fill because this dude said nothing. Mm-hmm. But they go, eh, whatever, man, and then they just turn around and walk away. Jim Matheson just had like an old angry man moment. Yeah, <laughs> I think he just took it way too personally. Obviously, and then went for the whole pissy comment, which I got to give you, Jim. Perfect. I love the hard. I love the hard P. Why are you so pissy? Yes, yeah, you, you are. are. <laughs> Wasn't a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and exchange was actually pretty funny. I give him credit for being a little quick there. Yeah. Um, but like, what? Uh, so some people are like well Leon needs to be better because he's like a leader on the team and you can't act out like that and stuff and I'm like okay but what if Jim asked the same questions and Leon is like yeah Koskinen uh, needs to be better yeah. or like our goaltending has been very poor like you said you know we score a lot of goals they let in a lot of goals that's got to be fixed now this leader in the locker room threw a dude under the bus well that's not very leader like right. now is it so like he's kind of you know fucked if he does fucked if he doesn't yeah. I have no problem with his answer. I get Jim goes a little off the rails when he's like, you know, you know, you have all the answers. You know everything, don't you? Sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, you're poking at him. But like, for me personally, I can only think of me as like a 30-year-old dude or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I'm in there and I ask that question that dude's angry at me giving me daggers from the podium, I'm just going to be like... Okay, man, whatever. I'll <laughs> just, take a pause here. Yeah, just like, bear, like, okay, okay. That's
0: what I don't get about these guys, the older guys that are, like, rushing to his defense. Because, like, even if you want to say, let's say Leon settles a prima donna. Yeah. Let's say all millennials are prima donnas, or whatever he is, because mm. he's younger than us by a disgusting amount. Like, <laughs> fine, let's, let's agree to that. Let's agree to that ridiculous boomer assumption that yeah. boomers have. Even if that's true... Isn't it still your job to communicate with right? the players? Yes. And how are you you know, how are you gonna win more flies with honey or with vinegar? It's not that hasn't changed, right? Mm. You should smooth up to these players a little bit and find some common ground so you can get a real story with them. Do you think the next time Leon Dreysido wants to share Something meaningful with a member of the Edmonton media. Do you think he's sharing it
2: with Jim Matheson, Hall of Fame reporter Jim Matheson? Hell no. That's what I mean. You kind of you kind of burned the bridge to point out that the bridge was already burned. Yeah, you're just like you're not you're always pissy with me, and it's like okay, well now you now I'm never going yeah. to speak to yeah. Now, you, now so you can guarantee
0: I'm going to be pissy, and like I'm not saying I don't listen. I don't know enough about Jim Matheson's career to say that he is or isn't a good reporter, but like. Jeremy Rutherford, you know, just by comparison, seems to have a really good relationship with the guys in the locker room for the most part. Mm. And he's done, like, stories where he, like, literally gets brunch with mm. David Perron or whatever. And, like, they have a whole long, deep-ranging interview. And it's like, how are you... The camaraderie is, like... that? That's the road to that. And also... Also, on top of all this, it's sports journalism, dude. You're not covering like Darfur. Call, call, <laughs> pump the jets a little, or pump the brakes a little bit. Like, no, can you do this to yeah. me? I'm like, it's fine, bro. <laughs> it's like this is just a little
2: editorialism, sir. the
0: The players never, probably never, want to speak to the media. Like, right. ever. Like, even in their best possible mood, they're probably like. Even when they're, they've they won the Stanley Cup, they'd rather be celebrating right. winning the Stanley Cup, you know, than talking to Jim Matheson's old grumpy ass. So, like, you should come in there, and and you, you can think your job's important, and it is, like, within the context of what you're doing, it is. Mm. But, like, you should come in there with an attitude of, like, I'm already an inconvenience to these guys. I'm going to do my best to make it. Mm-hmm. as as comfortable and painless, pain-free as possible. But instead, I, it feels like these older reporter types have exactly the opposite attitude, where it's like, these guys owe me their time. They owe me their respect. Mm. Leon Dreisaitl's a punk and doesn't know anything, and I'm Jim Matheson. I used to talk to Wayne Gretzky, and he gave me answers back when we chain smoked cigarettes in the (laughs) locker room and everybody was on cocaine so like why isn't leon drysaddle exactly the same
2: i know it's like he got unsnapped he's like like (laughs) why why is 2022 so different from the 1980s i just don't get it
0: and it's like i don't i don't
2: i don't want to make excuses
0: for leon drysaddle but like there's a sense in which he's like almost even more entitled to be like disassociative than like Connor McDavid because even though Connor McDavid has been like the talk of hockey his whole career, Leon Dreisettle's been the talk of hockey his whole career and he's the only person from his country who was, right? <laughs> like Connor McDavid is the best player probably of his generation in Canada, but he's most people wouldn't even say he's the best Canadian player right now. Mm. There are people who would still take Sidney Crosby over Connor McDavid, which is patently insane, but they would do it. That conversation it. happens a yeah. lot. No one questions who the best German hockey player right now is, or probably ever. I mean, he'll probably go down as the best ever with due respect to Jochen Hesch <laughs> and whoever else. You know, like, he is the face of, like, and now there are more. There's there's Tim Stutzler, there's more at Seder, there's like, there's a lot more young German players, but he's the very first one so like, and that's not an excuse to like behave like an asshole or anything, but like he's, he's walked around his whole life thinking he was better than everyone because he was. Mm-hmm. And again, that doesn't mean he can treat Jim Matheson however he wants or not take his question seriously, but it does mean you maybe should factor that into how you talk to these people and how you approach them. Right. And I don't know anything about Dreisettle and from everything I've heard, even from um, the stories, you know, that have been mostly on his side this week, he is kind of a pain in the ass to deal with for the media. Mm. And he has been, and, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, he's actually tried to improve yeah, yeah. this season, and he had been. And then guess what? They went on a six-game losing streak. <laughs> and a tw- and they've been terrible for their last 15 games, and people don't stay in positive moods
2: after that. I know. They're like, "Why?" <laughs> I was like, why are you so pissy? I'm like, dude. <clears throat> Like, do you even have to ask? I just don't... That's why we're here. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're asking... The question you're asking me is why I'm so busy. <laughs> like, you know? It's just... It's baffling, and it doesn't... You know, Aaron Rodgers is a nut job, clearly. And I'm not even... I'm not taking any sides on anything he's ever said. But he's clearly like a bit insane. Yes. But he's also making headlines every single week. And not that the NFL needed his help, but like his his personality is increasing the profile of the NFL, right? right. For better or worse, Aaron Roger talks and Aaron Rodgers talks and people listen. Leon Dreisidel is in like the same percentile of hockey player that Aaron Rodgers is of a football player and nobody knows his name. <laughs> and it, it's a problem with hockey culture. It's a problem all the way down, you know. Brad Marchand today, I don't know if you've seen this going around Twitter, but apparently in pre-game warm-up or something some some fan was like doing selfie cam oh, as yeah, they walked that, through the yeah. tunnel and he just grabbed the phone and like literally took it, like, all the way down into the dressing room and was, like, doing a live stream the whole time. (laughs) And I assume we brought it back. But, like, that's awesome. I I, Everybody hates Brad Marchand. I hate Brad Marchand. But crap, man. That dude, he gets it. Mm -hmm. He could be... You should, like, hire him to be the NFL's chief of branding, like, right now. Because the man gets it. Earlier this week... uh, (laughs) Vincent they the Canes had some post about whether Vincent Trochak thought his game was like oh, Brad yeah. Marchand and he was like, That's like comparing a Lambeau to a Prius or something. <laughs> like you hate him, but you talk about him. And there's personality and nobody in Boston, even in the Boston media, even in the Boston media. Nobody's like, Brad, but don't you think you should cool it a little bit? Don't mm-hmm. you think you should control your behavior and act like a professional? Because they get it. That guy prints headlines and money for this league. Mm-hmm. And people love to see him lose and people love to see him win. And him just yeeting for the bench before Petrangelo scored the second goal.
2: Of <laughs> We the, love you, Brad. Yeah, He's that's, done so much for this franchise. <laughs>
0: That's still one of my favorite memories ever from that entire cup run is like, and I didn't even really see it happen at first. I had to like see it after the oh, yeah. fact and it was still great. And, you know, that's, that's why he's so divisive is because he has the personality and calling guys pissy is not how you, you know, extract whatever personality they do or don't have out of them. And this league doesn't have a lot of guys with personality to begin with. And they're only making it worse with
2: their own behavior, and I hate it. I hate it. This it, league, this league is too old for its own good. Yeah, I think we need a soft reboot. <clears throat>
0: I think we need to put the Jim Mathesons of the world out to pasture. Oh boy, you know you've been watching too much Mindhunter. That's Husters. right, I sure have. Um, so moving on from that, Montreal got a new GM, Kent Hughes.
2: Mm-hmm. Hired player agent Kent Hughes. He looks
0: like a Hydra boss mm-hmm. mixed with like a an art history professor. <laughs> um, he's an agent for Patrice Bergeron and other oh people. God. Why do
2: Why do agencies have such weird names? It says Hughes has been an agent and partner of the Quebec-based firm Quartrex. Cor- with Quartrex. Cortex. Sorry, it's Cortex with two X's at the end. Cortex mm. Management since twenty sixteen. He represented more than twenty players under the NHL or under NHL contracts. His past clients include Patrice Bergeron, Chris Letang, Anthony Beauvillier, and Darnell Nurse. These guys One more
0: X and Cortex is smut. <laughs>
2: that's right. They can belong to our uh, podcast. <laughs> our podcasting network. Um I assume all these guys have to get new agents. Yeah. Or a new agent. I guess so, just on the I'll just be interesting. You're my agent. No, I'm the GM of the Montreal (laughs) Canadiens. Goodbye now. Um, It's a little interesting that they hired this guy, like, for us. I don't know about you, but I've never heard of this man until three days ago. And I always like on 32 Thoughts and they're like, yeah, everyone's been talking. I'm like, not around me. They haven't. (laughs) I heard, like, 17 names for this job and I didn't hear his. Right. I was really hoping it was going to be, um, what's his face? Old flyer boy himself. Buffalo Sabre, too. I wanted, I I read Patrice Bergeron on now all oh, oh, I Daniel can think. Daniel you, Daniel Breer <laughs> It's a different B Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Ian.
0: If Kent uh hughes joined our podcast network with a smut podcast would it be called
2: agent voyeur because i think it would, <laughs> yeah. I think it would happen <laughs> well, you know he is going to be our agent contact except i guess not anymore yeah well not anymore right that nope. fell through that was gonna be another yeah, that, uh, was yeah, that was our big <laughs> <laughs> announcement that was our big announcement That deal. Uh, that's not a sure thing anymore <laughs> no no that's that why one... we
0: that's why we have triples of the agents because sometimes <laughs> You know, you take one out, he gets hired by the GM. You don't care. You got another pristine one in storage. (laughs) That's right. um, I don't have a lot more to say about that. I mean, I think this hiring only reinforces the idea that Jeff Gordon's going to be like the real
2: boss, you know? Um, This guy's a, this dude's a a, puppet GM, if you will.
0: Oh my God. Matt Murray
2: is 48 years old. Old. It does look like an old man, isn't he? Like Matt, you're twenty four. Like, yeah, maybe like seven years. Alexa, younger than
0: us? Alexa, how old is Matt Murray?
1: Matt Murray
0: is twenty seven years old. Oh no! Uh, Matt. Really? Uh, but still.
2: But he looks forty seven. That
0: yeah. This guy looks like the oh, guy. Oh,
2: Ottawa aged him.
0: This guy looks like the guy that you interview at the shipyard in an episode of SVU. <laughs> guy he was with didn't seem too happy, though.
2: Yeah, I remember her.
0: Oh, God. Um. Yeah, so I don't have a lot of thoughts on
2: on Montreal.
0: They're they a garbage heap. I, I like How this setup, though. How hard is the NHL going to put its thumb on the scale now that they'll finally get to have uh, a hosted um, draft in the home city for mm. three years in a row to give them shame right? It's going to happen for
2: sure, Shane Ray's Canadian, yeah, yeah, okay. but not, I mean, French not French Canadian. Canadian I don't but... think,
0: unless he is. But I don't, I don't
2: think, so. think he is. I would say Kent Hughes. I guess
0: if a dude named Kent Hughes can be a right? francophile, but he's not French no, Canadian, right? He
2: speaks French, but he is not French Canadian. Is that just
0: because he's known Patrice Bergeron for a long <laughs> he's time? Just like
2: I gotta know French, uh,
0: but he's also from Quebec. So what? What's the deal, Canada? So is he Explain not of like French yourself, heritage? I guess. That's yeah.
2: what it is. He's not a French wow. extraction. That's how crazy. That's how, I mean, they hired him, so I guess they like him, but like, mm-hmm. that's how crazy some of this is. Oh, we'd love it if you had French heritage. You know what? French Canada, people in France don't like you. Yeah. You're like the backwater French people. That's
0: right. That's right. Get used to it. Deal with that. So Who don't were think we you're just talking us? about before Kent Hughes? Somebody I wanted to look up between Matt Murray and Kent Hughes.
2: Patrice Bergeron. It's gone. It's gone. you got to know more about Patrice Bergeron. It's gone. The Canadians. Oh, Shane Wright. I was going to look where Shane Wright was. Canadians are 725 and 5. Jesus. Burlington,
0: Ontario. That's rough. But they got some nice coat factories. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: under, yeah. I'm already looking past this draft. I'm already in the in the Oh dude, Connor
0: Bedard, Bedard. on my uh, on my sharks rebuild. We gotta go, we had a specific request to go over your rebuilds. Uh so we'll have to do that at the end of the pod. we uh, We'll talk about uh, ah, ah, too small. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yep, you nailed it. Rebuild was too small.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about we'll put in a little right before we get to the blues talk. Or do we want it at the very end of the whole show? Oh,
2: put it, you got to put it at the end. Sorry, guy. Okay. You've right. got to listen to the whole episode. Yeah. I mean, you could skip to the end, but yeah, like, don't do that. Work. We know that. You'd miss
0: all our advertising. Yeah, we so... know
2: that. Who's the sponsor this week, <laughs> Steven? Who's the sponsor? Uh, Perrier. You Perrier. know,
0: A big, big Perrier sponsorship finally came through right before we slammed French
2: Canada. <laughs> 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 we like...
0: keep losing sponsors week after week.
2: What's Perry's uh, a slogan these days? Is it, ah, uh, bubbles?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, uh, water like for a dog. <laughs> Have you That's, told that story on the podcast? Boy. Tell it again, Ian. We talked about oh, yeah. Leon Drysaddle. This is his, these are
2: his people. This was in, you know what? I'm not going to... I'm not going to yeah. name the country. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like this would happen in France, but it happened in Germany. But that's probably because they just didn't have... You know, they don't have feelings. They just said it a lot. They just said yeah. what was on their uh-huh. mind. Um, yeah, we were in Germany, me and a friend, and we... Like, they don't give you water anywhere. Yeah, so
0: if, if people don't know, Germany... Yeah. I mean, I guess this is probably true in a lot of Europe. I think
2: most of Europe, But yeah. especially in Germany,
0: like no drinks have ice in them uh-huh. and water is mineral water which is like sparkling water yeah, Like yeah. there is they don't serve flat, flat
2: flat water i don't i don't understand why. water zero that, it. it's, it's the weirdest thing because i'm like don't you have to drink water yeah. and they're like yeah this i'm like but not that like water don't you have that here yeah. That's uh, what your body is made up of. It's not made up of sparkling <laughs> water. It's made out of tap water. Yeah, maybe your body isn't. Uh, <laughs> you maybe American dog. Right. But... That's right. So yeah, I asked for water, which I forgot was like you haven't said like flat water mm-hmm. or like tap water. And he was like asked if I. And he was basically gonna go grab a bottle of sparkling water, like right next to us. I was like, oh no, 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 like I don't know if I said flat water. I think I just said. That. I think I honestly. His credit just said no water, <laughs> like trying to correct it. No, 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 no. I want water <laughs> with a hard W. And he was like, "Oh, water? Like, he was like, like for dogs." <laughs> I like to think we just had a really weird like mind thing where I was like, "Oh, I should have said like flat water," and he was hopefully. I like yeah. to think was like, "Oh, I probably should have said for dogs," <laughs> but I don't think he would have thought that. I think he no. knew what he was saying and he wanted to make a point.
0: No, yeah, yeah, for sure. He was he was putting you in your place. What part of Germany were you in? Do you remember? Munich. Yeah, so it was a Bavarian. He thought yeah. that, he thought he was better. Than, you know, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's be queer about that. Well, one
2: time, they were very nice there. Uh, one time mm. we were, like, unfolding nice a map. Nice and pretentious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were, like, literally one-fold open on a map. Like, we also had phones. That's uh-huh. like, why we were pulling out a paper map. Like, had it out of our pocket unfold once. And someone walked across the street and was like, Oh, do you need to find a place like where you're going? <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? This could have been like a folding pamphlet. I could have been from somewhere else, sir. Yeah. Maybe I don't know English. Yeah." And then I just was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please help. Thank you, sir.
0: Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Ian's Adventures in Germany. Elliott Friedman and others have announced that the NHL will be no longer testing asymptomatic players after the All-Star game. At that point, testing only required for cross-border travel and if a person develops symptoms. Um,
2: I think this is inevitable.
0: Okay. Me- meanwhile, <laughs> oh, you no. can't play games in Canada, which is an opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know how they're going to resolve this because the league can't have all its most profitable teams just not having fans. Right.
2: They were on track to make like a fair amount of money this year and it's been completely derailed. Yeah. I just like this past, whatever, month and a yeah. half. It's and listen, completely derailed. Everyone
0: has different thoughts on COVID. I'm not trying to get into all that. What I will get into is that the idea that you can like Go to a movie theater, but can't eat there. And that sort of stuff is just witchcraft. That's just nonsense. (laughs) So Mm. if you want to have no fans of buildings and you're the premier of Ottawa or uh, Ontario, I guess you can do that. Mm. I don't think you're slowing Omicron down, my guy. I really don't. And it's ridiculous like it is ridiculous to me that we live in the 21st century and people in one country can be like filling a football stadium with 70 50,000 people. However many people yeah. are going to NFL playoff games. You could do that right now. You did it in Buffalo. In Buffalo, literally right, last right week. Across. And then right across yeah. the river, the or the lake you can't have... You have a 500-person limit in a 20,000-seat venue.
2: It is kind of this weird thing where like, Canada, you're... I mean, you're a big country, <clears> but <throat> population-wise, you're close enough to us and small enough that, like, all of your restrictions aren't going to keep this from happening. Because yeah. down here, it's all open. So yeah. it's just going to be in your country regardless of what you try to do. It already is. That's yeah. the thing. It's oh, like, yeah, it's like
0: It's just, like, I don't... I don't get it, and I'm not trying to dig into it, but, like, there's clearly no stopping Omicron. And also, it is clearly nowhere near as dangerous as other variants of this virus, which, to me, in my pea brain, which isn't a scientist or an immunologist or virologist or any of those fancy ists means we're kind of over with this, because, like, it's as... It's basically, like, a common virus or cold or flu now. Like, maybe a little a little more dangerous, but not enough that, like, it's taking more risks than you take in your day-to-day life.
2: It is, I, kind, of, it is kind of at the point where, like, I was all for, like, restriction stuff way, way, way back in the day. But when you have so many people just doing whatever... Yeah. Like I am not normally the person that goes, "Hey, if you get if you're at risk, then that's on you to to figure it mm-hmm. out." Like I do think that feels a little callous and stuff, but it is kind of at the point where it's like, I don't want it to be that way, but that is the way that it is. Yeah. Like I can't. like cats out of the bag, yeah. dude. I just there's no pulling it back in. So if there's you know you should be as safe as you feel like you want to be safe. Yeah. That's totally cool. But there's no making everyone else do it anymore even if you think what's going on is wrong it just it just you just can't do it there's just you can't yeah. herd everybody back into restriction it's just impossible
0: yeah and that's exactly right like i can't we'll get off this quickly because everybody's tired people of this are subject, tuning off i can't like you can't just have random rules everywhere mm. and expect that to do anything Exactly. Like, if you wanted... I don't think this would probably solve it, but, like, if you wanted to stop Omicron by, like, going into March 2020 level lockdowns and just, like, everybody back in their home, Mm. I guess that you could try. But, like, beyond that, sorry, dude. It's Mm. over. It's done. So, crazy that they're doing that, but I'm glad that the NHL is doing this because you can't
2: at least they did it before the playoffs that was my big concern i was like you got to have this in place and i guess they made it even bigger deal because like okay we're going to do this for like the stretch because we just can't have standings races being like oh blues are in the standings race with nashville and half the blues are out Mm -hmm. good luck
0: yeah exactly so good for them i'm glad they did it and uh we'll see after the all-star break also just hilarious that they're still having an All-Star break this year, but that's a different situation. And speaking of All-Stars, hey now, Jordan Kyrou's an All-Star. He's gotten his game on, and he'll go to Vegas and play in the NHL <laughs> All-Star game. Um, Jordan is really good at hockey, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that he got this honor. I know a lot of people were upset that Robert Thomas lost the last man in voting to Nasim Kadri. With the respect, you're incorrect. <laughs> Nazim Qadri should have been the first man in for the Avalanche uh, and certainly deserves to be voted in as the last man in. Um, there's been a lot of controversy this year, especially. I feel like it's every year, but this year especially, about um, how do we feel about each team getting representative. Like... Mm. You know, you've got to send a uh, Tage Thompson. Who did they send? They sent Dollyen, But like every team's getting somebody to go.
2: Who, uh, when the Leafs sucked, they sent uh, Leo Camaro yeah. one year because he was having like a good year for a yeah. fourth liner.
0: Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. Every te- to me, yes, every team should get a representative. However, I don't know why every team should get just one representative. Mm. It's an all-star game. Find a way to fit fifty guys. in there get longer benches or rotate them at the periods or whatever in MLB's all-star game they have a dugout full of people and everybody plays two innings so that everybody gets in there you Mm -hmm. know and every team has a representative in every sport that has an all-star game except maybe the NBA I guess probably not the NBA Mm -hmm. but in every other sport that has an all-star game I'm pretty sure they do every team has a representative and it's fine. Like, I I get why people say, well, yeah, you don't want to shoehorn in a guy from a, a crappy team. But also, if you want people from the market of Montreal to watch the All-Star <laughs> game, you, which is, a, I would assume, a pretty big hockey market, you probably want a Montreal Canadian on that team. Right. I'm much more likely to watch the All-Star game this year because Jordan Kyrie is there. Mm. Because, And I'm still not that likely to pay <laughs> that close of attention. But, like... I'm glad for him and it's cool. And I want to see like our, our young stud on the big stage, you know, like I, right. I get why that works and I don't think you can turn that off, but I really don't get why that, why you just stop at one.
2: I think you, or I think maybe
0: two in it, like a very few cases. You I get think two.
2: sometimes you get two if you're the host city or mm. whatever, like we had Petrangelo and O'Reilly and mm. somebody else. Um, I, I didn't ever think about them expanding it more And I think they said they are bringing some players in that like we're last men in They won't play in the game, but like zegris will be there now just because they're gonna have him in some of like the skills competitions mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Like
0: yeah, that's the other thing like you've got the skill competition. Yeah. You have him Have them do that
2: like shea is hurt now or whatever But there's some years he had down years and he wasn't in the all-star game But it's like but he should be there every year for mm-hmm. a shot. He yeah, should just be there um, I think it's been kind of a point where they talked about like this might be one of the best, fastest skater skills competitions with everyone that's there. Except Matt Barzal's not there, and he's like the defending well, he's champ. Also been cloned. So. Yeah. So who knows?
0: Is Drake Batherson there? Cause he's know. also supposed to be really fast. It's Larkin there. I guess Larkin's probably there.
2: It's like Larkin, Kyrie, McDavid. Oh shit. I'm
0: not even thinking about it. Kyra. Yeah. What if he wins it? That'd be nuts. Um, he's not going to win. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's going to be the slowest yeah, one. The there. slowest of the uh, extremely fast skaters.
2: But also like too, this feels so much more like a thing for kids. Yeah. In general. Cause like all adults are like, there needs to be all my all stars. And they're like, okay, so you'll watch now. Nah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. But this is like for, for younger fans, Fans And younger fans, I don't think, care if they're like, well, they're missing Nathan McKinnon this year. What the heck? Maybe if it's in Colorado, but then they'll have him there. So it's like, if you're missing certain people, they're not going to care because... 70 percent of them are there mm-hmm. um also who really cares anyways when like two or three of these dudes that get invited every year are like thank you so much i will not be attending yeah.
0: that's the thing and like the other thing i've heard mentioned which i actually totally agree with is like it should be in vegas every year yeah or like vegas tampa la like on a very tight rotation mm. of destination cities because you put one of these things in Ottawa is great for Ottawa, but it's not great for hockey, <laughs> you know? And even here, like, I think we did a great job hosting the All-Star Game. I'm really glad our team got it. I'm sure it was great for the franchise. It wasn't good for the NHL, necessarily, mm. because they want the players there. You need Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin and whoever else to want to come there. And if if they're going to keep treating the all-star game like it matters and like it's a big revenue driver for them, they have to make it compulsory. I'm I'm sorry. Like, you just have to. Because mm. you can't have it. And, like, this year, let's say, I don't know if Alex Ovechkin is going or not, but, like, let's say he doesn't go and he does his, like, I'll take a one-game suspension thing. Not only are you costing him a game of pursuing Gretzky, but you're also missing, like, the biggest story of the year, which isn't just that he's pursuing Gretzky, but that he's having like a heart Trophy caliber season at, like, at age 700,012, yes. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's just dumb that you have this and... It's like very NHL to have the all-star game, but have it very regimented. And we're only going to have one player from every team, but we're going to have one player from every team, but God forbid there be two players on a team that we want to go. Like, how can you possibly justify not having Nathan McKinnon and Cale McCarr by default? By default, both of those guys. And most of the time, Miko Rantanen, too. And Gabriel Landeskog, sorry, dude. You're, like, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> but, like, this you isn't know. This is a pretty good story. Yeah, exactly. Here. Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle are on the same team. Mm-hmm. It's just nuts. It's nuts to say we've got to limit it to one guy. I don't get it. Um, but good for Jordan <laughs> All of that to say... Good for Jordan. Connor. <laughs> He's
2: doing us proud.
0: Oh man, we haven't even talked about Evander Kane. Oh boy, and it's been so long.
2: What a, I mean, we don't have. What to. a
0: couple of weeks we decided to skip too. Um, Evander Kane is a shithead. Connor McDavid. Woof. Woof. What a comment, Connor. What a string of comments. Oh wow, I forgot that was part of this whole Edmonton thing. Right. Connor, just a big swing and a miss.
2: Just of a person,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, of oh, a personality. I know this guy was born and bred in a lab to play hockey. But how do you go, oh, the worst part about it is he keeps hammering, like, the public opinion doesn't matter. It's the most important thing, but it doesn't matter. And I'm like, then, dude, shut up. Everyone can hear you. (laughs) You're in front of a microphone. That thing in front of you is a microphone. When you say, like, the
2: public opinion doesn't matter, you're speaking to the public. Yeah. You're like, what you think, fuck you. Yeah. And it's like... Thank you. This is like
0: a collective action problem, right? Because like nobody's ever going to just turn off the NHL en masse. Hmm. So he can't, like he's never going to insult the fans in a way that's like going to hurt his bottom line or the Edmonton Oilers' bottom line. But objectively, the fans are Connor McDavid's shareholders, right? Like if they, if we could somehow do a mess event where we all just stopped watching the NHL for a year, Connor McDavid wouldn't get no money, you know? So like it's so wild to me. Like everything I said about the Jim Matheson comment is almost the reverse about this comment. Cause it's like so wild I don't expect these guys to have a moral compass, man. I really don't. But I do expect them to be better at hiding it than what Connor McDavid did, you know? Like and and most of all, if you're not even going to hide it, at least find a way to not be like, well, I don't really care what the fans think. That's like <laughs> the bottom line of what your job... If you can't step away from a microphone without having insulted your team's fans, you should never be allowed in front of a microphone in the first place. And if you... Here's the thing. If you want to go up there and say, give a pro Evander Kane answer... It's so easy to say, listen, Evander Kane's a phenomenal hockey player, and I know there's a lot of rumors and talk about what he's done. It's not my job to discriminate or decide on that. The NHL will make those decisions and do their investigations, but if he's still eligible to play in the NHL, he's a hell of a hockey player. We need to win games right now. We need to do that for our fans and our team and our city. And I'd be happy to have him in our locker room. There, you're done. You, I did. I made that up
2: on the spot. That require him to not have that vacant look yeah, at all exactly. times on his face.
0: Like you just, it, I don't, it literally, Conor David, I don't want to, I don't like to be this guy. But I'll do it with Mike Trout too. I'll dunk on Mike Trout all the time with this. Like, these guys don't want to be the face of their league. Mm-hmm. They could be, they can be the greatest athlete of a generation, but Mike Trout is not the face of baseball. He's, mm-hmm. he never has been for one second because he's the best player, but he's also a nerd who likes meteorology and doesn't want to talk to, doesn't want to talk to reporters nerd. or the cameras. Is really like meteorology, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a big thing. That's here's the thing here's how bad it is Mike Trout has so little of a personality that the only thing I know about his personality is that he loves meteorology because that's the only thing the media can get him to talk about. So every all star game, it's like, let's go to Mike Trout for the weather report. And it's, I'm not even kidding. I wish I was making that up, but I'm not. And that dude, (laughs) and here's another parallel with Connor friggin' McDavid, that dude is just fine staying on the Angels forever because nobody looks at him on the Angels. Nobody pays attention. And he can put up world-beating numbers for 15 seasons in a row and quietly go into the Hall of Fame without ever having been in the playoffs, which is a feeling Connor McDavid will also be familiar with. And when Mike Trout decided to re-sign with the... Angels, I was like, all right. So I guess this is just who you are. And that's fine. Like, that's fine. He's still the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time. I'm not denying that. But it does kind of suck for the sport that he has no desire to, like, be in the playoffs or be a superstar I'd or love, win or yeah. be famous or be marketable. And Conor McDavid the exact same way. If they go through all this and and they miss the playoffs this season and the, he doesn't demand, he doesn't start, let's Let's say he doesn't even demand a trade out of there, but if he doesn't start throwing his weight around and saying, I'm Connor McDavid, I'm in my prime right now, and this team is going to win or I am going to leave, then we know everything we need to know about Connor McDavid, I think, honestly. So now there's my grumpy old Jim Matheson thing. <laughs> In my opinion, Connor McDavid is pissy. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? It I'm is, sorry I ran too. No,
2: up. it is weird because I've gone like full circle where I definitely used to think where people would like be on Twitter and they'd say like Connor McDavid like is not a leader and like he's and dude I don't know sucks personality wise and blah blah and I'd just be like, ah, oh, these are people angry. You know, other Canadian Teams fans are just angry they don't have Connor McDavid. But I'm starting to come around to like, yeah, man, like you need to do something to make this team better other than your performance which has been spectacular you gotta like and maybe he's thrown his weight around behind the scenes but i feel like we would have heard something about that it on any podcast like anywhere not,
0: yeah exactly
2: the dude oh my god
0: maybe he's great with his teammates but he the dude clearly sucks on camera right and another thing like i don't want to it's not his job to get calls for himself hmm. but like If he's never getting calls in the playoffs, why isn't he barking up the ref's ass? I don't see him doing that. That's the thing. It's
2: like as whiny as people made Sidney Crosby out to be, it was kind of like you sort of in the background at least understand it. We're like, yeah, I can see that. You are a very good player. People are just basically pulling you down when it was yeah. allowed, and you're yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Tom
0: Brady had a quote this week I read that was something like, yeah, the refs do go easy on me because they should be giving me on sportsman-like conduct all the time for how much trash I talk to them and the other team, and they don't because they respect me, but I'm a huge pain in their ass. Like, he said that out loud, mm. but it's true. It's freaking true. Like, if you're going to be that level of player, you should own the referees. You should have them wrapped around your friggin' finger. And some players do, you know? And he just doesn't. He doesn't. He can't convince these referees to care because they don't care because he doesn't
2: have a personality. I think the problem with this league over and over again, and he, like, embodies it, too, is, like, they want to be better they want to grow i'm sure they would love to replace nba as number three sport in north america or whatever like they want they want all these things but they want to do it their way and their way is old and boring and doesn't work and like the fact of the matter like you're saying that i think it's a really good point conor mcdavid's not the face of the nhl at all Mm. like he's there and he's the best player but he's not the face of the nhl yeah and that's a huge problem. Yeah. Like, you don't... It doesn't have to be your best player is always, like, the face, but, like, the fact of the matter is, I... Like, there's 10 other players that have better personalities. Brad though. Marchand also, should yeah. not
0: be more famous than Connor McDavid. That's
2: McDaniel. what I mean. Like, they're just... You could be that. He, can't, he whole, can't, but, like...
0: There's, like, a whole standard deviation of greatness <laughs> between those two, and, and Brad Marchand's a hell of a hockey player. Yeah. But we probably overrate Brad Marchand as a player... Because of how big a
2: personality he right. is.
0: And we certainly don't do that
2: with Conor McDavid. I, I like to wonder sometimes if the Oilers ever got really good and consistent, or if he did get traded to a better team and that team was good. It would be very like much like uh, Lord of the Rings, where they have like Theoden, the king, and like Saruman's got influence over him. He's mm-hmm. old and crippled and tired and sad-looking. And then when Saruman's influence leaves him, all of a sudden, like, his gray hair turns gold and he's, like, alive again. his yeah. life-breathing, into him. like, wow, would, maybe Conor McDavid's just dead inside. Like, I don't think he has a personality, but maybe he has some fun little, like, front foot, <laughs> sort of <laughs> laughing clips in him. If like he was anywhere else. I'd love to see Conor McDavid in California. Do you think he'd enjoy it there? I bet he would. I bet he'd be all right.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I just, it's... NHL's broken and it sucks, but there's so, like there's so, stuff like the Alex Ovechkin clip, the the um, National Insurance ad or whatever oh, yeah. it is. Like on the one hand, we shouldn't be talking about this as much as we are in the league, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, like that's what the NHL needs. We talk about it because there's none of that. I, Steve Dangle went on this rant when Wes McCauley made the yeah. rounds because of the five for fighting or whatever he did. And like, Steve, Steve Dangle is, was right on the money did you hear any of yeah, this I did. where he was like to me he was exactly right when he was like i don't have a problem with west McCully. west McCully's is great my problem is that this league's so boring that west McCulley is like a big star <laughs> and he's exactly on the money it's like oh i just don't i can't i can't with this league anymore they've got they just can't, like, they need so much. You know what
2: they need? They need those, uh, they need the guardians back. They need those scandalous <laughs> superheroes
0: back. They'll come up with something like that, though. That'll be their solution. And it's like, this is the most exciting sport on earth by a country mile and i really like sports mm. but a good back and forth hockey game there's nothing like it it's insane it is played at like 20 30 miles an hour all the time mm. on ice there are swords on everyone's feet <laughs> they are play- they're swords in their hand too they're shooting vulcanized rubber at 100 miles an hour it's an amazing sport and yet as soon as like any time it's not a high scoring game it it just feels so boring it and that sucks and they got to fix that
2: i wish uh america or an american had invented hockey cuz yeah. i think oh, it would for it'd be sure. a thousand times better but yeah. because it's got this Freaking stink of so Canada! It just stinks like Quiet maple Canadians syrup, like, like festering
0: maple syrup.
2: We got to pry this thing away from them. we been trying. Dried on the
0: tap. I don't. Yeah, it's just, uh, it just sucks, and it's like, I didn't expect this to turn into this big of a rant, but like, there are so many people doing it right. The Steve Dangles of the mm. world. The um, the TSN crew mm. is doing great. They're they're really trying, but like that needs to be. From everybody right. to get it there because it can get to a point where it's effortless. Like the NBA isn't actively trying to be an edgy, personality driven mm. league, it, is it just is are. now. Yeah, but like they had to cross the threshold at some point, yeah,
2: they, they had to try and you push know? their way yeah. there to get there. In the yeah, first place.
0: nobody's telling Aaron Rodgers to go out there and be crazy. But also nobody's punishing him for going out there and being crazy because they know he's going to get under center next week and still deliver because he's still going to be Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And nobody, and Brad Marchand is like the only person in the NHL who gets treated that way. He's like <laughs> literally the only guy where they're like, do whatever you want, Brad. It's crazy. We love you. You know, and then just go out and score two goals next game and everything will be fine. But everybody else that they show like an ounce of personality, they get slammed for
2: it. This is like if on The Bachelor, every time something crazy was going to happen, they paused it. The producer's like, yo, could you not slap yeah. that girl? Because that's not, that doesn't that's look good unbecoming. for us. That's unbecoming. That's
0: unbecoming of The Bachelor. Yeah, exactly. Keith, Keith, Matthew Kachuk knocked a puck. Did you see that goal?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Matthew Kachuk. There was a puck coming to him that he deflected out of midair behind him and into the net. This was like this
2: week. Oh, really? Where he like did this before? Maybe, but like he
0: intentionally was he was skating past the puck and he somehow swatted it out of midair and into the goal. And it's, like, the most impressive physical accomplishment I've ever seen. And I have need... I've seen three or four tweets from nobody that's like, oh, my God, you don't know how impressive this goal is. But I haven't seen John Tortorella on ESPN saying that. I haven't even seen uh, Paul Bissonette on TSN saying that. And I certainly haven't seen, um, I don't know, Jeff Merrick on Sportsnet saying that. You know? Because, like, this league sucks. (laughs) This league sucks. But... Uh, let's talk about something else. Um, speaking of this league sucking, the Blues don't have a goalie controversy, people. Stop it. They might. Stop it. Go ahead and read the stats. Go ahead and do it, Ian, because I want to, I want to rant about this now, so please, <laughs> please continue. Please tell us.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, as you're all aware, I'm sure, as <laughs> Blues fans, uh, Bennington's been been a little back and forth on his performance. Uh, Huso has looked really good uh, in his nine starts so far this year. Is there a goalie controversy? Um, as of yesterday, uh, whatever that is, January nineteenth, the Blues are twenty eighth in five on five high danger chances against. So they're twenty eighth, like worst, or in how much they've allowed. So three hundred and eighty five chances against, at uh, five on five. They're also though, conversely, inversely fourth. And high danger save percentage at 0.8571. So, looking at that, looks like we allow an awful lot of high danger chances, but we end up saving a lot of those, which kind of evens it out. So, we're not you know, we're not playing, we don't look so bad, yeah, on the score sheet so much. Uh, looking like the issue isn't with the goalie and which one's a net so much as it is, uh, our defense team overall allowing some really high danger chances or like a lot of high danger chances. Uh, against our goal with us.
0: So, I have a lot of thoughts here. I didn't want to. No, I was going
2: to say, if you just watch the games, like, we'll go through some of these soon, but, like, I'm thinking the Toronto game, the mo- really the most recent two, the game against Toronto, the game against Nashville. They, it's like a flurry, especially in the first two periods, of just shots from the slot, shot from the slot, guy getting in without uh, being defended into the slot, like, over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And it's kind of like, what? like Huso looks really good but honestly some of the stuff Bennington's let in I'm like yeah there's a few squeakers here and there for sure but some of them like these are just like what are you going to do when a dude's sitting like freaking six feet from you can just roof it it's freaking Mitch Marner yo he's not like he's just going to score on you Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin Matthews any of these guys like uh, I don't know I don't (laughs) think there's I don't think there's a really controversy my other one point is like you can't just like get rid of a goal, your your cup-winning goalie uh, when he's going through a bit of a rough patch. I understand. Hey, play Huso a little bit more. And you know what? Bruby's doing that. He's kind of doing a little bit of a tandem right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I give him credit for that. Give him a lot of credit for not just going with Huso right out the gate and be like, you know what? This is our starter now. He's playing the next four or five or whatever. And just keeping them both fresh. But like... Isn't that good? Don't you like having both these guys? Don't you like having Huso playing well? Don't you like Bennington, who won us the cup, who has it in him to be good? Like, why is it that now we're like, well, you know, Bennington's not very good. Maybe we should just keep Huso. I'm going to drink this. Just drink just, <laughs> just drink that. Uh, why are why are people now saying, trade Huso? Because his, his stock's so high. We need to trade him so we can get something back. Yo, he's played nine games this year. He's been very good in them. Ten now. Ten. I think. You traded Brian Elliott for a second, and that was highway robbery. And he had, a like, five years of work. Yeah. You have Billy Huso, who was up and down in the AHL, and you're going to trade him for conditionals. <laughs> you're going to be getting uh, future that, considerations. They said that
0: to me <laughs> at a dinner. <laughs> yeah.
2: Billy, we're trading you to Detroit. Um I just... It's something to talk about on Twitter. I get it. I'm not trying to throw water on the fire.
0: Oh, but, I'm going to throw water on the fire. But it's, just,
2: it's just annoying because it feels like even when we have a good goalie situation, people have to be like, well, I got to pick one. It's like, you don't have to pick one. Yeah. They're both here. They're both doing fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, do you remember all those times we didn't pick one between Brian Elliott and Yaroslav Halak and it was just, it was great. hmm I hear. I have so many problems with this. The biggest problem is Jordan. Welcome to Blue Stock. Jordan Bennington is not costing us games. You cannot point to a single game where you can reasonably say we lost that because Jordan Bennington was bad. I know people say the Maple Leafs game, like one of those goals is even arguably his fault. Two of two or three of them were on turnovers in our zone.
2: I was like, is he helping completely? Not completely, but. It wasn't like the defense played there, spectacular. In there front is of a him.
0: Di- there is such a distinction though between not being. A superstar goalie, mm. and versus actively costing your team games, and Jordan Bennington is not actively costing us games, and that's the end of the discussion, really, as far as I'm concerned. When you're talking about one goalie who's set to make six million dollars for the next six seasons, and another goalie who could walk away from the team this summer, and listen, I'm not saying you sh- they should absolutely be playing here some more, because. Bennington needs rest anyway and you know maybe COVID affected him maybe he's just off maybe he needs a bit of a kick in the pants but like either way if Billy Jusso is playing this well you shouldn't start Jordan Bennington 60 times this season right. that's just common sense you want Jordan Bennington to be sharp for the playoffs so start him 50 times which is already a lot of times and give Billy Jusso a bunch of starts in the second half that's fine that's okay but, like, you cannot... This is such a St. Louis Blues thing to do. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure this happens in every fan base. But, like, this team has never had a goalie for more than 17 seconds. And this is part of the reason why. Mm. In my opinion, this is, like, most of the reason why. Because it got, these, these people... These, these people, people. These people have no... And we'll talk about some of these goals, I'm sure, as we go through these games. But, like, there is no distinguishing between a goal and a goal that is the goalie's fault and that is such a difference and i don't want to be like that i'm not trying to be like that i played the position or anything because i i didn't well i played it on street hockey with goofy friends when i was in like elementary school or middle school but like experience it just it doesn't take that much it doesn't take that much effort or critical thinking to look at a goal and be like Oh, yeah, Justin Falk handed the puck to Mitch Marner 20 feet from the net. Probably not Jordan Bennington's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, Mitch Marner is a top, let's put the bar, let's cast the net really wide and say 25 player in the NHL. He's better than that even. And he's going to score a goal from there every
2: time. It's interesting, too, because it's like discounted two is that bennington has like bailed the team out yeah in the same games where it's like oh that was a rough goal but it's like yeah but there's also been times where he's like been on his head yeah standing on his head yeah kept this team in it in the same game so it's like this is not completely him falling apart yeah they're like it blows my mind i don't understand i think i'm on drugs (laughs) when people will like when people like you can watch Jordan Binnington, and they'll be like, "Well, he's like having a meltdown," or like he's. I've saw a couple of these, where like he's just not having a good season, like he's in meltdown mode. And then I'm like, "Are you the same? Were you here during the Jake Allen era?" Yeah. Because I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I feel like I feel like I'm trying to be not biased, like honestly. But I'm like, I'm using my eyes, and I'm like, "Do you remember seeing that?" And then you're looking yeah. at Binnington. I'm like, "This is a dude going through like." A rough patch, like, I'm not saying he's just as good as all these other people. Marc-Andre Fleury sometimes don't play so good. Connor Hellebuck's rough sometimes. Like, people, goalies are rough even when they're really good. There is one goalie in the league that is just good. Hmm. And even he's not having a great
0: season by his standards.
2: I'm just like, this can happen, but don't tell me it's a meltdown when we just saw a human meltdown. Yeah. On and off for the last like two and a half seasons, I guarantee some
0: of these same people were Allen defenders, which is fine. Like whoever you like, feel whatever you feel, but don't come at me with these weak ass (laughs) arguments about how Bennington's costing us games when you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Also, since we're on the subject let's talk about this defense because it's atrocious our defense is so bad right it's the worst part it is so bad this is a chart of tory krug compared with kale mccarr and i'm pointing this out to show you that tory krug's offensive production this season is literally off the charts in this case he is outperforming kale mccarr offensively and yeah There's this one bar where he's bad on expected goals against. Almost a whole standard deviation worse than average. And that's fine, but you know what? That's what you expect from Tory Krug. So all the people who are out here... Like, I see a lot of people blasting Tory Krug. Dude, you are getting what you expect from Tori Krug. However, if I pull Colton Pareko up on this chart, if it'll let me, uh, I can't type Colton Pareko. I tried to call him Colin Pareko, <laughs> Colin which Pareko. is appropriate because he sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I'm not trying to blame Colton Pareko. What I am trying to say is our defense is bad. Bad. Justin Falk and Torrey Krug are mostly doing what you expect mm. them to do, but what you expect them to do isn't play really good defense. They're getting six point five million dollars. That's probably too much money for what they're doing. Actually, it's not for Tory Krug. The dude's quarterbacking a power play and producing elite offensive mm. numbers. He's fine. He's you know Kale McCarr a better defender. Kale McCarr makes three million more dollars <laughs> a season than him. So fine.
2: But fair like, value.
0: Yeah. Justin Falk, I, I ain't got no problems with Justin Falk. I got a lot of problems with Colton Pareko, and I was telling people we should trade him last year instead of extending. and I'm going to look more and more smart for that <laughs> as time goes on. What
2: about Marcos Candelas, oh, dude? Oh,
0: God, he's a black hole. It's so bad. I'm glad you asked because he's <laughs> terrible. And also, since we're on this subject, dude, Jacob Chikrin isn't – He's not saving this team. Mm-hmm. That's Marco on the right there. Let's look up Jacob Chikrin. All negative. All Actually, in the red, folks. All in the red. Yep. Um, Jacob Chikrin, really bad on offense, weirdly, which is, I guess, an Arizona thing. Decent on defense, but, like, Jacob Chikrin is not, like, the force that studies and fixes your defense, I don't think.
2: He'd be fine mm-hmm. if he wasn't already going to cost, like, way It's the price, too yeah.
0: Much. Yeah, you can't tell me it makes sense to go trade Here's a Perunovic Ho- yeah. Hofer and a first. Well, that's the thing.
2: So, Scandela, more, I guess he doesn't have to be the other way because Chickering already doesn't make that much money, which is part of why he's going to cost a lot. But, like, you got to figure, you got to make room for this guy. So, you got to get rid of Scandela and mm-hmm. say, well, Arizona doesn't want Scandela. Even though Arizona sucks, they probably don't want Scandela. So, you got to. You now have to, like, add more to the already, like, crazy asking price. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't really think... I think Merrick on 32 Thoughts has been, like, talking about, like, giving up uh, Hofer and stuff. And it's like, Neighbors, Hofer, a first. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to give up that much for him anyways. But I don't even think Arizona listens to that. And yeah. like they're like, no, dude, we're going to get like a real NHL player off another team and like a really good prospect. Mm-hmm. And a first from somebody, you know, someone like I guarantee you someone's paying that shit. You know what? Probably Florida. I'll, I'll say it now. Florida Panthers, Jacob Chicker, done deal. He's from Florida. Yeah. Like so it's, it's just going to happen. Yeah. And they'll give up a, a pretty good roster player. They'll give up like one of their top prospects in the first and not look back, and it's not something that we should even match anyway. There are teams in the
0: league right now who are better than us yeah. and have a way this better is... prospect system than us. It is true. The Kings, the LA Kings are not better than us, but they have... One of the deepest pipelines in the world, and they want him. Why would we try? Why would we try to compete with that? And you know what? Bill Armstrong wants all our prospects. I'm sure because he drafted them all. So <laughs> he you're knows gonna, up and down. which means he's gonna want the best ones, and you're not gonna <laughs> smooth talk him into thinking. But actually, but dude, but. You know, but you um, weren't
2: here for this last M- Matthias
0: Laferriere. <laughs> you drafted him too, didn't you? You like him a lot.
2: Like you're not pulling the
0: wool over his eyes. That's a good point. It's very obvious to me that Bill Armstrong is going to be a very good GM. It might not be with the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> because they're so bad that I don't know if they can be helped. But like, I but with just the Houston. Arrows. You can't. You cannot pay J- for Jacob Cheekren like he is the missing piece that makes you a Stanley Cup contender because he's definitely, definitely not. And, you know, I don't know how you fix this team's defense. It's pretty rotten. It's pretty bad. I think, I th- I honestly, honestly, I honestly think you try and find a way for Edmonton to take Colton Brinko <laughs> I think if you can do that... Because he's from there, so he might be okay going out there. I mean, and Holland is a dope. So. Yeah. And you tell him, hey, you need a big defender, a big boy. You want a big boy from Alberta?
2: Doug Armstrong did say on Agent Provocateur that he does talk to Ken Holland an Most often, lot. yeah. I was um, like, why, Doug? Don't do that. That sounds terrible.
0: <laughs> I just... I don't know how you fix the defense. And the fact of the matter is the cat's not going up anytime soon. You've already committed $18 million, $19 million to three players who are not a top four and wouldn't be a top, you couldn't put any guy, you know, I mean, I guess you could put like Roman Yossi or let's just say Alex Petrangelo, just throwing a name at the wall. You can put him in your top four and you'd be okay, but... It's just, it's the defense is the problem right now. And I think that's so, like, with the Blues, I think that's so outside of anyone's, like, comprehension as even a possible problem.
2: That's never been the problem for, like, the last, like, nine years. Yeah.
0: But, dude, I I can't remember if it was, well, I guess we'll get to it in this, uh, we'll go into the games in just a second, but, like... I think it was the Toronto game, one of those games, Bennington was playing, he was getting completely exposed side to side over and over and over and over and over, and over mm. again. And he made most of those saves, but, like, how does that keep happening? That should happen three or four times a game tops. Mm-hmm. That you literally just no problem go from one side of the ring to the other and have a shot on goal, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, with all that said, we missed like five games, and we'll skim through some of them and talk about the most recent ones a little more. We beat the uh, Washington Capitals 5 to 1. This was all the way back on the 7th of January. Who so started? Tarasenko and Perunovic were in COVID protocol, and that's all you need to know, really. Yeah. Daniel Sprong scored a goal. Tori Krug, Pavel Buchnevich, Oscar Sunquist, Ivan Barvashev, and Pavel Buchnevich had our, all our goals. The last one was shorthanded, and we won decisively. It was a lot of fun, and there was much rejoicing, I'm sure. Um, It was who so was good. We didn't actually outperform him by much, as much as it looks like, but he was great. Then on the ninth Sunday, uh, two Sundays ago almost, we beat the Dallas Stars with Bennington back in net. It was a two-to-one victory, and this one was a lot of fun. This one was the um, game. It was a day game, yeah? Yeah. yeah looked,
2: was... It looked like a day game.
0: Oh, I was still in Florida.
2: Were you? Yeah. Jeez, you were down there for a long time. Yeah.
0: Um, and I was at a friend's house, and I was like, I had some place to be. So I was like, I was going to leave with like 10 minutes left, and then I just kind of kept, kept getting sucked in, you know? And I'm glad I stayed. But um, Jason Robertson scored in the second period. Haskinen went wide down the right boards, he passed the puck to the slot where it got lost in Pavelski's skates. He's so underrated at getting the puck lost in a skate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robertson fanned on the shot twice before connecting with the puck on his third attempt, also known as the Troy Brower special. <laughs> And it hit the right pad of Bennington and went into the net. Pareko has Pavelski tied up the whole time, but no one ties up Robertson in this sequence, and he scores the goal.
2: He's very good. You should the, probably look out for him. The
0: Blues were outshot twelve to five in that period. Um, I love that Jason Robertson's going to be the better Robertson brother. That makes me happy um, because the other one's Maple Leaf. That let's be very what, explicitly queer on once why. he's
2: traded or leaves
0: yeah. right back to for Right. Him. That's right.
2: Nick Robertson all the way.
0: Nick Robertson is the Timothy Effing Wiliagrin of forwards, <laughs> although he wasn't always a forward. Yeah, when he to... did play defense. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, um, that looked like uh, looked like was it Opgen
2: in this one? Anyway, anyone... no, it was Holtby.
0: Brayden Holtby. It looked like Braden Holtby was gonna shut the door on the Blues. Horrifying to think of. Oh no!
2: <laughs> did I mention lose? Six to nothing. Oh!
0: <laughs> yes! It was two to nothing!
2: And yes, after yes, the six, second! Six,
1: six, oh six. no!
2: I'm so, I'm, I'm going to oh, be disappointed no. if they use the uh, Florida excuse. If they're like, well Florida's just a very good team. And it's like, yeah, and you're supposed to be better. 40 shots to 28. Oh, for yeah, Oilers. Oh, the Oilers oh. had the 40. Oh, they did?
0: Yeah!
2: Oh, well, good for them. They're peppering them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, really Who's it? Was it Bo- you got shut out by Sergei Bobrovsky? Oh, that's what man. you were about to oh, ask, wasn't oh, it? It
2: was. I've I got Spencer Knight, though. Oh, sorry. I'm hey, sorry. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> oh, God. They gotta fire Tevitt,
0: right? Like, that's gotta be it. I think so. You can't. I mean, you have to. I've heard all this, like, what's it going to fix? And it's like, I don't care. At this you point, have
2: to do you, something. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you literally have to do just anything this to show like, you're alive. This is like
2: Vietnam flashbacks yeah. <laughs> of, like, Mikio and people are like, well, he's not really the problem. I'm like, I don't really give a shit what the problem yeah. <laughs> is. Get him out of here. It's so
0: wild. Also, it's like we're living in the season where the Canucks had yeah. Bruce Boudreaux, which happens every year. That happens to one or two teams every year. Yeah. The Oilers will win their next game if you fire oh, Dave 100%. Tippett now. It's just the way it works. It's not fair. It's not... It's absolutely yeah. not Dave Tippett's fault. But he also queerly doesn't have what it takes to make this team win games. And I'm... So, this is... Dude, if I was a GM... I would never hire a friend, 100%. As a coach, mm-hmm. I'm going to hire some du- absolute douchebag that I hate. Like, <laughs> somebody that I cannot stand. So, if like, if it's time, I'll be like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. <yeah." laughs>
2: as much as the Ken Hitchcock <laughs> Don't let the era, door
0: hit you on the way out there, John. As Corti- much as Nella. the Hitchcock era
2: was, like, good for this team, move them along. In retrospect, I liked H- Ken Hitchcock and everything. Yeah, the whole thing where... Uh, Armstrong had to fire him and was sad and weeping. Weeping openly. I mean, I was just kind of like, man, if that's that hard, maybe you should not have that kind of relationship yeah. with the coach.
0: You are hiring a coach to fire him. So if you're,
2: if you fire Dave Tippett and you're like Conor McDavid, you're probably like, okay, good, something changed. But at the same time, it's just kind of, it, I would almost be unfazed if I was him, too. Like, hey, Connor, we fired Dave. So, you <laughs> yep, know. Same shit <laughs> as like, always. like, yeah, <laughs> i fucking eat oatmeal tomorrow, too. I don't yeah.
0: Well, my driveway is still <laughs> heated, so that's all I really care Six about. nothing. John Tavares is over there shoveling snow with his bitch little kids in Toronto. Wow. Horrifying.
2: <laughs> Connor, if you can do one thing Get for out. this. If you can do one thing for this uh, sport. To make it interesting, just get out. Just demand. you don't even have to grow a personality. Just demand a trade. Yeah. You can be boring as shit when you do it. I don't care. <laughs> just demand it because this league will crumble on itself. Yeah. People will be writing freaking essays like, how could he do this? Oh. What a and all this. I would love if Conrad David requested out of there. Canada turned on that man. And as a oh, they will. fucking they LA can, he just fucking shoved it down their throats. Oh, God. Yes! <laughs> Uh, yes, because he's got to wear the black jersey. He's got to be like fantasies. evil Connor yeah. McDavid. Exactly. He needs a full goatee, and he needs to kind of just be like a real. Prey. Listen,
0: listen. They're they're a nightmarish hellscape that I wish didn't exist, but I do want to see Connor McDavid in those neon green D- uh, Darth Vader Dallas Stars jerseys. <laughs> just
2: feel like what have we done? Just to like, <laughs> you made me do. This. You ever think like if that were to happen, like how we live in like the bad universe, uh, like we live in the not. Optimal universe yeah. where someone else in a regular in a universe that's just like every every it's in every other way it's just like ours. Mm-hmm. But Conor McDavid's winning fucking cups with the Oilers, and they're like, wouldn't it be nuts if he was on another team? Man, that'd be crazy. What kind of reality would that be? That's our reality. Yeah.
0: There's no way, like, there's no way he stays on. Edmonton is
2: holding. I was right, gonna text right? you that like sometime this week. I'm like, he doesn't win a cup there. Thousand percent. Oh no, there's there's no one in, cups and, and in Edmonton. And honestly, put like five hundred.
0: They're, on they're it. they will never win a cup until all the people who won their last cups are out of there, and that's never gonna happen. All those people have to die. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting no. euthanasia. I'm just saying that's the only way it's ever gonna happen for
2: them. God, what a hot disaster. What a steaming pile of garbage. How can uh, they're in like in the worst position where like if you're a fan of there, can't... you just look at that team and you're like it's just a matter of time. We're like we're at we're not even at rock bottom. We're like staring down at rock bottom yeah. and it's going to be a while until we even actually get there, but yeah. we're we're still in the process.
0: Yeah. <sighs> like as burned as the Sabers must be that they didn't get Connor McDavid. Yeah. I think it's worse than the Oilers did. 'Cause they have they haven't improved. I keep people seeing people saying, like, well, they gotta get Flurry, like then they'll wear a contender and I'm like, no, they're
2: not. I was like, goaltending is the biggest problem. And also once you put a goalie in there that's better, you still need to fix nine other things. They're
0: so bad right now that we're not even talking about the fact that if they even got to the playoffs, they would still be a team completely built on the power play that wouldn't get any penalties <laughs> called against them. They're so bad that we don't even have to have that discussion right now. Horrible. Oh, God, they're, they're terrible. It's a disaster. Um, back to the Stars game. <laughs> Were they wearing this?
2: Yeah, green Nightmare? No, it was here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, I mean, they can if they want. Yeah, sure. Why
0: not? <laughs> Call us I'm You wear the white jerseys because we're going dark nitrous. What's that jersey called? It's called dark, dark nitrous, nitrous from now on.
2: I had a weird dream where I was watching hockey and it was two teams wearing like about the sameish colored jerseys uh, playing each other. And in the dream, I remember clearly thinking, I'm "Like, if they can do this, like blue on blue, why can't they do blue on red or blue yeah. on yellow or whatever?" and I woke up. But it was just weird that I was like, <laughs> that was such a coherent thought in that dream that like came to me from like the, the waking world. Uh-huh. It was very weird.
0: Um, uh, so let me tell you a fun little anecdote about this game. <laughs> I had started a DraftKings lineup and when I do that, I only ever bet $1 and I almost never start blues because it's always like a fail safe mm. against the blues sucking and like brandy, my, brandy. you know, you know it's it's basically like a, a Soma pill. Of If the Blues are going to suck, then at least I started all the all the stars, you know, right, whatever. Right. But like this game, for some reason, I was feeling the Blues. And so I was like, uh, I started Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo and maybe Jordan Bennington. No, not Jordan Bennington. It was an unheard of guy that was starting for the Ducks that night. So I started Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo, who Ian hadn't done shit until the final minute of this game like one of them i don't think had a point but you get a point for like shots hmm. so i don't think ryan O'Reilly had like a point in the game and then the final minute comes around ryan O'Reilly scores his sixth goal of the season assisted by krug and jordan Cairo. uh the blues were on the power play they'd pulled the goalie at six versus five six versus four Heiskinen has the puck behind the net, and he is pulled down when Shin grabs the skate while getting up from the ice. Oh, people are very angry. People mm. were upset. It's all coming back to me. Right. Kairu collects the puck along the boards and skates the puck to the middle of the left circle, right as he about to shoot. And now recovered Heiskinen slashes Kairou's stick, breaking it and causing a delayed penalty call. Uh, the puck comes off of Kairo's broken stick, which he then drops, and goes to O'Reilly, who passes it to Krug. Krug fires his shot wide. It bounces off the backboards and back into the slot, where O'Reilly shoots it past Holtfe for the game-tying goal. From the whole sequence, the hold by Shin goes uncalled, but the slash by Haskinen does get called. Here's the thing. The slash by Haskinen was brutally blatant. Like
2: (laughs) a broken stick they like have to call
0: it. I understand, I do I get the frustration with the no-call on Mm. the hold. But what I didn't get is that this was a game where your team had 27 shots, only scored on one, and still only needed to not allow two goals in the final forty-seven seconds to get away with at least a point on the road and you're somehow blaming the referees for this loss? Like, listen, the referees are responsible for a lot of bad things in the NHL. But pump the brakes. Not to mention there were other bad calls that the Blues didn't get or did get in this game. Um, So I just didn't get that. But anyway, uh, that was uh, at 1913. At 1931, Jordan Cairo scores... Also on the power play, Buchnevich collected the puck from behind the net and swats it over to Cairo at the goal line. Cairo moves in towards the slot and tries to pass the puck over to Thomas on the back door. The pass never gets to him because it goes off. Yanni Hakenbaz skate. finally that draft pick pays off. <laughs> and behind Holt and into the back of the net. Um, this was the first time the Blues have ever won a game in regulation that they trailed in the finals
2: i believe so yeah or something like yeah, that that was it at um, first i thought they were saying it was the first time they ever won a game when they were trailing <laughs> like, the last one. <laughs> i'm like i've been the game <laughs> i was I like that boy. can't be
0: true i felt that i read that the exact same way this was also the first time i'd ever had a DraftKings kings lineup score like 35 <laughs> points in one minute of hockey so that felt good um what a game. I mean, that one was fun. That was a real. The Blues have had some like vibes games this season, but this mm-hmm. was a vibe game. Oh, yeah. We didn't deserve to win it.
2: Oh, it was and a snooze by fest any for means. like 50 yeah. minutes.
0: Oh, yeah. It was terrible. It was. We looked terrible. We looked dreadful. That second for most period of this was game.
2: terrible. Outshot like 12 to 3 yeah. or
0: whatever. We had 28% of the Corsi, but then we had 77% of the. How does that happen?
2: It's a game of momentum, Steve. But also,
0: but momentum doesn't exist. That's all in your head. So figure that out. Bennington was the difference here. He was the reason we won.
2: But we still have a goalie controversy. People get
0: bored, right? That's part of it. They just want something to talk about.
2: I mean, we're in like the doldrums, but also like sort of like December too, because we haven't played that many games. I think we're only coming up on halfway through the season. In the next like day or two for the blues at least in their next game and that's what shit we're at the end of january so we have so many more games to play yeah you just gotta you gotta find something to talk about and it's a holy controversy um bonus tried to break his stick after the game on the empty bench because he was so that angry was so he, he couldn't break it he's though he's an old old man he's old he's geriatric
0: yeah but then tsn did do a great segment where they all showed how they would break their stick mm-hmm. and paul Bisnet almost broke his own finger
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh that looked painful oh he
0: was he was really hurting he wasn't taking that that was real pain i think
2: i've I feel like I've also, I love I
0: love that because he's like kind of goose walking into like the out of the parking garage and some random woman just walks along the street and they almost collide. Do you know? Noti- <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that? That was fun. Goose walking. It's an old circus term. <laughs> <Steven>. <laughs> but why is it called? Why do they? Because it's, it's an, an old circus, circus term. term. That's
2: why we use. It. That's
0: why we say goose walking. Uh, <laughs> um. I'm seeing if there's anything. Yes, the refs missed the call. You've read these now. Yes. So many stars fans complained about the missed call on Shim for holding high skin and stick. Yes, they missed it, but maybe don't then go and slash Cairo. Or, like you said, maybe just kill the penalty.
2: You just had Kill opportunity. either
0: of the penalties. It was bad. Um, the Blues beat the Seattle Kraken 2 to 1.
2: The First time playing the Seattle Kraken. First time the Kraken betted St. Louis.
0: I didn't watch this game, and it was a similar, like, late comeback, which, like... That's our thing, baby. Maybe win a game from ahead, <laughs> but, like, is there a lot... To, you want to talk about this one at all? I was like, like um, only the fact that... We beat that... one of the worst teams in the league 2-1. to one. It's not all that encouraging, to be
2: honest. <laughs> Shem, Franco, and Perron were out of the COVID protocol. Sang uh, improvements were still out, so... We were already kind of in having to roll with the skeleton crew here. Mm-hmm. Huso wasn't that. Huso also played. It was very also well. the
0: that the skeletons came <laughs> to life. That's
2: right. That was, this was really good recap. So we brought all that skeleton stuff. <laughs> uh.
0: You talked about how Robert Thomas scored a goal like four times. That was because I had forgot whether I'd said it or not. <laughs>
2: Um Dunn Dunn was back. Dunn was back this game. Okay. Because uh, right. Schwartz would have been back, but he hurt his hand, you know, mm-hmm. Schwartz out with injury. So really it was like it was like he really was back because he was back in full Schwartz mode of being injured and not uh, on the road trip. Yeah. So, That's th-
0: the Schwartziest Schwartz that there's ever been. <laughs> God, I feel so bad for that game. I, I feel real bad. <laughs> but better. also I guess he's making millions of dollars a season, so I don't feel that bad. What's he making? He's making like five
2: or six, right? Five, I think. Five something. Mm -hmm. He can't be six. Seattle. Ron. Come on, Ron. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't do that to us, Ron. Jaden
0: Schwartz. Five, six. Or was that what he used to make? He's making five, five for five seasons. He is their highest paid
2: forward. Tied with Jordan Everly. It could be worse. Could be, but it (laughs) it shouldn't (laughs) be. Um... These away jerseys for the Kraken, we've mentioned before. Oh, by the way, if if
0: we're trading for a defenseman this season, my pick. Marjorie O'Donnell,
2: Ooh, spicy.
0: Go get the old, the old former flame. Give him the Bowmeester special, and he becomes the Bowmeester to Colton Pareko's Colton Pareko, and we're fine.
2: Magic in a bottle, yeah. And then if they do
0: that again, and he wins another cup, then I don't care how bad Colton Pareko is for the rest of his
2: career. (laughs) That's right, Colton. You owe me two cups. (laughs) Oh man, yeah. This game was a lot like the second Stanley Cup is right in his Q zone. (laughs)
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Don't give it to Johnny. Don't give it to Johnny. Let me think about it for a minute. All right,
2: all right. This game. Let's finish it. I was like, yeah, Alexander Wemberg scored in the first period. Uh, great stuff. Terrible stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just, it was, it was like the, uh, it was kind of like the O'Reilly goal. It just bounced out in front, or from the Dallas game. Bounced out in front. There's, uh, Wenberg all alone. Shoots a pass through. So what you going to do? Uh, Husso did have an amazing toe save on Donskoy's shorthanded attempt. The Blues made a really terrible line change, like, real bad. (laughs) Like Brad Marchand bad? Uh, I mean, yeah, except they were all Brad Marchand. (laughs) Uh, And Donskoy just, like, skated in with the loose puck. And, uh, yeah, Husso made a really good save on that. So, third period heroics. Here we go. Robert Thomas scores. One minute, 29 seconds in his fourth goal of the season. Uh, what a backhand pass from Saad on this one. I really thought the roles were reversed here. I would have thought it would have been Thomas to Saad with this kind of pass. But, alas, it was the other way around. Saad is in tight on oh, the goal that, line.
0: That Saad pass was sick.
2: Oh, yeah. Larson goes on his belly to take away the passing lane, but Saad manages to get a backhand pass off under Larson. And Puck goes through the crease to Thomas and buries it. On second viewing, the shot ramps off Dunn's stick and into the net. So Dunn is still getting it done for the Blues. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Dunner we love you, buddy. with the
0: stunner. I gotta
2: tell you, he looked really good in this game, done, mm-hmm. and was all over the place. Maybe I was just noticing him more, but I was like, you know what, man? You know, different circumstances I would have kept you. Would I have exposed anyone else that we could have? Probably not, but different circumstances, different universe, you'd still be on this team. <laughs> had
0: I not had to lose you, I would
2: have kept <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If it weren't for those pesky, pesky Kraken with all their arms...
0: <laughs> Who were our other options? Oh, Tarasenko looking back.
2: Yeah. Oh, God, I'm glad they didn't do that. Jesus.
0: Oof, Brandon Sod's chart. Not so good. <laughs> No. I was going to say he's been
2: underappreciated, but maybe he hasn't. <laughs> he's been appreciated enough. <laughs> You've been appropriately appreciated. <laughs> um... And Pavel Ushnevich gets a game-winning goal. What was this? Like four minutes later, His 14th of the season on the power play. Pavel
0: Ushnevich on the other
2: hand. Very nice. Oh, he's, that's, what a pickup.
0: Oh, God, that's good. That's, oh, such a bad
2: trade.
0: Not good. What Not were good. you thinking, uh, Guy, who,
2: Runs there, team. <laughs> Chris Gerrigo.
0: Thank
2: you. Uh, Bushnevich passes a puck to Kyra at the bottom of the left circle for a one-timer. Rebound bounces back out to Barbashev, who lays a slick backhand pass to Bushnevich for a quick wrister. This one beats Dredger. Uh, game's 2-1. It's a 2-1 victory. Uh, Blues looked... Uh, they looked a little sleepy, which is a little sad, especially compared or against a, a Kraken team. I want to say... I don't know what the stat was. Something about... The Blues normally beat, I think that's got to be right, normally beat expansion teams on their first meeting. Mm -hmm. It was something like expansion teams against the Blues were 5, 17, and 3 or something. Well, didn't we
0: lose, we didn't lose to Vegas for like three
2: years, right? In regulation? I'm pretty sure, yeah. What team were we? We were 12th. Oh, that's what it was. It added added up to 20 and I Uh. was like, wait, does that make sense? Yeah, it would. (laughs) Literally all the other teams. (laughs) I don't know why that like made me happy that... That's how that numbers work. But I was like, it. yeah, that would be all the teams that came <laughs> after us. Wow, so great. Um, no teams have folded, <laughs> Only moved. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a good, it was a good, it was a fun game because I just like looking at those Seattle jerseys. Um, almost a quarter of this game was spent on special teams, so thankfully the Blues were able to get a power play goal and play perfect on the PK. First two periods were the Billy Who show. He bailed this team out hard. 11 high danger chances against at 5-on-5 five five against the Blues. Ah, uh, woof. Freaking yikes. Uh, so 7-0-0 at this point uh, in this series of games with a 1.38 goals against average and a .95 save percentage in those past uh, eight starts. Blues are now 12-0-1 as of that game in their past 13 games at home. The third best point streak in their history. And this was also the Blues' 13th comfort behind victory of the season, which led the league at the time. Uh those last three games we talked about were all come from behind victories. And the next one tried to be. But uh, it wasn't. What a, what a big dump. Uh, uh I was at this game.
0: Yeah, instead of recording.
2: I remember now. It was a six five loss. Do you do you are you glad?
0: Did you like, like what that. you saw? Did you like that?
2: Half of it. Bits and
0: pieces. <laughs> you got to watch Uh world-beating superstar Ilya (laughs)
2: McCann in person. Yeah, (laughs) Bennington back in that. Bushnevich added a COVID protocol. Perunovic is back though. The lineup. Oh my god, the lineup. You've got... (laughs) Barbershop, O'Reilly Sunquest. Hey. The
0: boss line, That's if you will. The boss
2: line. You got Sad Thomas Cairo. Oh,
0: we were sad about it. There's no
2: doubt. <laughs> oh, no. then you got Walker, Bozak, Neil. Oh, oh boy. And Kostin, Joshua, Toropchenko. We had
0: no business being in this no, game.
2: No, 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 no. I'm
0: glad Joshua got to play against the Maple Leafs in the NHL, though. Yeah, right. Former team.
2: Uh, I just wrote here "woof" because it was such a thing. Back
0: on the uh, back on the uh, Traverse City days, uh, our our prospect insider, <laughs> Gary Kochner, uh, asked Dakota Joshua if it meant more to play against the Maple Leafs, and he said it did. And that was in a prospect tournament. So imagine how much more it meant on hockey night in Canada. That's true. In insider. America, I mean, it was in America, but it was in Canada.
2: This is why this game also start like I got there ten minutes late and we were still five minutes away from puck drop. It was like freaking hockey night in Canada. Let's not even
0: talk about the Pronger game then. Whoa, were, coming, were you at we're that one?
2: No, no, no. That was I'm like so forty-five I minutes though, late. Oh my
0: god. I mean, I'm I'm becoming an old man in some ways, but like that's not acceptable. I'm like I need they need to put me in one of them becoming your parents commercials because I'm like. I need to speak to a manager about this. This isn't okay. Oh, my God. I love the one. Have you seen the one where the guy's, like, walking around the store, and he sees, oh, great, a manager, and he's like, hey, Tom and produce, great job. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The the big thumbs up, and I'm like, oh, I love it. I love
2: that. (laughs) I don't like it, but I do. But, yeah, it's terrible.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
2: Um, There's a lot of goals in this. We're going to go through them kind of quick. Ryan O'Reilly scores the opener. It's a great little back and forth between Sunquist, Barbashev, and him. Uh, Barbashev, we'll talk about in the next game, too. Looking real good. Beast mode. Real good.
0: Already broken his career high in goals. On pace for 32 goals. Thirty two! I mean he's not gonna, but what if he did? That'd
1: be crazy. What?
0: That would would that be that'd be some Brad Boys stuff though too right. where it'd be like, okay, but not, not anymore then. <laughs> no, like, not right? not but, anymore. No no no, not today. We can't pay you enough for that, sir. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Call the Jets, School the Jets, or we'll trade you to Toronto?
3: Is that where we traded Brad Boys?
0: Buffalo? New York Islanders? I'll figure it out. You keep talking about this game. Yes, Buffalo. I'm looking it up. You talk say, about no, the kids. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> we traded him to the Buffalo Sabres oh, all right. in exchange for a second-round pick in the 2011 entry draft. That, that became, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Brandon Saad. No, I'm kidding. Oh, like, um, Dimitri Yaskin? Nope. Uh Nope. Just kidding. One second, one second. Joel Edmondson. Hey! hey! We got a lot from that. We drafted Ty Ratty, Dimitri Yaskin, and Joel Edmondson in the same
2: draft. 2011.
0: And we could have drafted John Gibson, Brandon Saad, and uh, Nikita <laughs> Uh I mean, it's not big. What a world. Dude, is this like the best second... Round, round ever okay let's see um Scott Mayfield eh, whatever hey. um Boone Jenner John Gibson Dimitri him Victor Rask is at least a player yeah Brandon Saad Joel Edmondson Marcus Granlund is he the good one no Mikhail no, Granlund's it, a good one yeah um, Matt Nieto's at least a player um William Carlson and Nikita Kucherov
2: That's pretty good I mean.
0: You get a, you get a few Vincent Chocek at the top of the third round.
2: A Prius, <laughs> Adam
0: Adam Lowry, Nick Cousins, man, that was a good draft. Blake Coleman keeps going. Jordan Bennington in this draft God. How is Jordan Bennington drafted the same year as Ty Ratty?
2: What trade was that from?
0: Um, the Brewer trade.
2: Yes, yes. And then we got somebody else that was halfway decent. Maybe it was McCracken or somebody. From, yeah, like when we traded like Winchester mm-hmm. or somebody. Jordan
0: Bennington, two picks after Josh Levo. So. Dodged a bullet. Yep. Johnny Goudreau was the fourth round. Is this the greatest draft ever? John Gabriel Padreau was in the fourth round? Mike Riley in the fourth round? Good good God. So there you go. This podcast has been all over the place. You want me to keep listing random players? <laughs> Let's from stay quiet right?
2: until you go through the whole thing. No, no. I'm done.
0: I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm
2: done. I'll just say it. What is this? Where are we Yuki,
0: at? Yuki Yokipaka. I remember that name because you don't forget a name like that. Oh, yeah. Andre Palat was the <laughs> was 208th saying. pick. Ryan Dezingo, 204. God dang. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. I promise I'm done.
2: I promise I'm done. I got to make sure you close the Anton the tab. Forsberg. Okay. All right.
0: Now I'm closing it for real. It's closed. It's closed. Now it's you're closed. just making people closed. up Look, there's a chart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, where are we? Where is the Toronto game? Ryan Riley scored. We talked about that. We talked about Barbershop. That's what we got over here. Uh, then the Leafs score the next three goals in the, la- in the next five minutes. Michael Bunting, Mitchell Marner. It says Mitchell Marner. Sorry. Mitch Marner, John Tavares, all off of uh, really terrible turnovers. Uh, actually the first one was Matthews, the bunting goal is Matthews, uh, winning a face off and then shooting it right at Bennington. That's how he won the face off was just swatting at it, goes off Bennington, bunting gets the rebound, puts it behind him. Uh, the Marner one was also a great Matthews play. Matthews swats the puck off with stick, Marner collects the loose puck, neither Prunovich or Falk can get a stick on the puck, and Marner goes top corner on Bennington's glove. John Tavares, uh, if you look at the picture, Stephen, uh, there's three blues that are almost four blues north of the puck <laughs> when it's in the slot, and then he manages to get good? it. Is that good? He gets it, no one's around him, and he, uh, he scores. It's a great area to be in if you're uh, John Tavares' front foot. <laughs> um, oh, yes, in this game, after these three uh, goals, it's 3-1, obviously, and Mikola hits Bunting. Bunting falls on the ice. Uh, as Bunting gets up, Mikola's jawing at him. Then Bunting skates past the blues bench and he's mouthing off to them. And with his head turned, looking at the blues bench, he fails to see Krug, who shoulders him in the chest and onto the ice. And it's a big old, it gets a big old cheer from the that crowd. For my angle, I honestly looked like a sucker punched him and I was like, uh, oh shit, this dude's getting suspended forever. <laughs> um, and then on, on the other angles, I'm like, okay, not, not so bad.
0: That was shoulder to shoulder. That was clean. I saw some people being like, if that had been Nazem Kadri, he would have gotten. 15 games and i'm just like dude no first of all kind of you're proving the point about nazim khadri by saying it might have been him it's like yeah because he's now that's say yeah
2: and if he did do it he would have had all those other instances (laughs) of bullshit and he probably would get something but
0: also like i'll admit that the like mounting him and punching him was too much but like it wasn't like suspension like in-person hearing suspension worthy
2: I was like, dudes, dudes lay on top of each other and fight all the time in this league. So you know what? Just a normal occurrence. Second period opens up. Brian O'Reilly with another goal. Koston uh, deserves an assist on this goal. He goes hard on the forecheck against Muzzin and is able to get a turnover there. And then we, we go through this. Brandon Sa gets a goal. Another unsung hero on this goal is Kairou Stickslift Sandine. as the Leafs are trying to exit their own zone, allowing Thomas to retrieve the puck thomas performs a little turnaround slapper but saw intercepts the pe- or intercepts the shot makes it look like a pass uh as low in the slot turns around and puts it five on campbell we're tied now we are tied now three three timothy lilligren scores a goal boo it's his first nhl goal i didn't know was that. it really i was like okay wow, sure, guy. What an honor right uh robert thomas gets the game tied again uh with what a pass with what a pass what a pass (laughs) what a goal uh Kyra doing the passing this time Kyra takes the puck behind the Leafs net right as Campbell leaves his right post Kyra swings around and passes the puck to Thomas who puts it into the net right by the vacant post it was a nice little shimmy play by Kyra on this one Mikola puts the Blues ahead in the third period with his third goal of the season I didn't know he scored any goals this season uh, Kairu shakes off Lilligren, hello, along the right boards and takes the puck behind the net, <laughs> passes it to Mikla right to the side of the net, who jams it in along the right pad of Campbell and over the goal line. From our angle, I didn't even see it go in. It rolls literally along his pad and then gets wedged by his toe, but it's behind the line, so it's a goal. And then the Blues are up uh, 5 4 at this point. Everything's looking pretty good. They've got to hold on to that lead. Uh, and the, the uh, Leafs pull Blues, and uh, we lose. Uh, Austin Matthews, great, 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 great goal scorer on the power play. Passes it to Marner behind the goal line. Uh, Marner does the same thing that Kyra did on the Thomas goal and does a little shimmy shake. Gets Bennington moving, trying to guess which side. Comes out the other side. Marner passes back to Matthews who one-times it. Uh, Bennington's never quite set on this, but also it goes off the back of freaking Mikula. who's <laughs> just kind of looking around and over Bennington's heading in. So good stuff. Uh, and then the last goal is just a train wreck and, uh, an absolute train wreck. <laughs> just like I had to give, I had to give Lou Korak credit and just copy his tweet because he kind of covers everything. Uh, he says, watching the sixth goal. This is a goal by Mikhaev scored in like the final, almost three minutes of the third period. Korak says, watching the sixth goal, it started with Barbashev not getting the puck in deep on the backhand. Puck enters his zone with four Oh seven left and never comes out. Walker loses a wall battle. Bozak has a failed clear. Falk has two failed clears. Neil had a chance near the blue line. Then Skindela's fatal decision. His fatal decision was rolling it behind the net <laughs> with too much gumption when Falk was not ready for the uh, the wraparound pass there. And it gets picked off by uh, Engvall, who gives it to Mikheyev. Uh, yeah, and then he says, says, then you don't get the save on the puck that can't go in. Yeah, it's kind of a, a rough one from Benner on this one. It was a bad execution I mean, on multiple uh, levels and say what you want about the Blues or about who the Blues are missing tonight. It's massive, but have to at very least get a point there. Solid comeback, but has to feel empty with no points. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent Jordan
0: Bennington needs to make that safe, not defending him in any way. He should never be in position to be have to make that true, save. True. Like, it's it's both. That's another. It's like, no, I'm not absolving him, but that is also all the defense's fault. Mm-hmm. To quote Detective Jake Peralta, stuff can be two things, and that's one of them. <laughs> that could be two I things. Put that on a shirt. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
2: the Blues, even though the score was close, the game wasn't very close at all. Uh, shots on goal 40 to 25 for the Leafs. Uh, 61% of the faceoff win for Toronto. They were 1 for 3 on the power play. We were 0 for 2. Uh, we outhit them, which is really great, but means we never really had the puck, which shows in the course before we were 41% to their 58. On uh, the third period, we were at 32% at 5 on 5. Not good. It looked like it wasn't going to go our way, anyways. I was not too happy about this game overall, leaving the game. Like Corex said, you want to get at least a point when you have a comeback like mm-hmm. that, and to get none in the last three minutes there it just really, really sucked. But uh, yeah, the next morning I'd cooled off, and you know you almost beat a pretty healthy Toronto squad with six of your regulars missing on the Blues side, so uh, it's not so bad. Uh, it's too bad that the point streak for the Blues at home ended that way, but you know, it is what it is. I like Nico Mikola. I just want to say, I think he's a, a, a fun player. I like I think that he's, he's a, spicy, a handsome buck. I like that he's spicy. We need to know our spicy boy. Or mm-hmm. Bortuzzo leaves. You know, this, in five years,
0: you know how the Fens are known for their spicy.
2: Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, why is he so freaking spicy? But I guess, like, I think on a CJ show, he recently, grew up in a land without Sonny. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like they're just ornery. They're just yeah. like fuck. I think that's what they wake up every day yeah. and say, ah, fuck.
0: I've got, I've it's got baked a, into here a... Here that I got for Christmas that says, and here we fucking go again. I mean, good morning. And that that's the it. finish line. So, um, uh, so, yeah, that was an embarrassing one. That was, that was bad. That was bad. It was rough. And it sucks that it was against this friggin', um, the friggin yeah. you know the maple list so did you listen to the lfr at all though because no. steve was going crazy he was like very angry still well
2: so that's the weird thing he went too. like
0: this was like an app like an apoplectic right. one. i almost said epileptic okay. he had a <laughs> maybe it was that too but so he oh i'm gonna have a little seizure <laughs> in an ap-
2: they talked about how um keith like was really pissed off about this game too even though they won because uh. they weren't like winning the right way right and, I and then think, they went
0: and kept not winning yeah. the right way but winning not winning at all Well, i
2: think down goes brown had a really good tweet where he's like it'll be great one day when like a team can win like six five and the coach is like yeah that was great and you know we're gonna move on and blah 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 but every time the coaches would be like yeah we won but it's pretty much like we lost yeah. because we just didn't win a game two you would think one. if
0: any coach was going to be able to do that it would be young boy sheldon keith but He's not that young a boy. Mm-hmm. He actually looked kind of like that old uh, Cro-Magnon uh, minehunter detective guy. <laughs> so, oh yeah, well that, I see that. that's that's uh, you know is what it is. Let's talk about <laughs> this Nashville game, and then we'll move on. We'll do our our uh, um, our um <laughs> rebuild recaps and, and get out of here. Chris Pronger's jersey finally up to the rafters. A moment on Chris Pronger. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This man is one of the greatest players of all time. Incredible stats. He had the 1990-2000 season where he won the President's Trophy, the Hart Trophy, and the Norris Trophy. Um, all in one season, they brought all three there for the ceremony, which I thought was cool. In was the in first guy to season, do that since
2: Bobby Orin. In
0: that is season, he averaged 30 minutes and 14 seconds per night.
2: That's crazy. He had
0: 62 points in, 70, in 79 games and was a plus 52 on the season. 62 the
2: points in the dead puck era, yeah, too. as like a defense, no one, one. was scoring. Yep. That's really good.
0: Yeah, he was incredible. Um Obviously, his reputation precedes himself. He he was traded three times after leaving St. Louis. Well, in, including when he left St. Louis, and I think, I think the season he was the team he was traded to went to the Stanley Cup in his first season. Yeah, the each Oilers, of those three yeah. times,
2: Oilers, Oilers Anaheim, Anaheim and Philly. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: um, I don't. I would guess that's never been done. I'm Marian Hosa, maybe somebody like that, <laughs> but like. Certainly not done very often. Um, Just incredible. Well-deserved. Honestly, long overdue, but I'm glad they did it. Um, I want him to get out of Florida's front office and into our front office. Get out of your car and into my car or whatever, you know? (laughs) I
2: forgot that he was there.
0: <clears throat> Perron, Teresinko, Shin Brown, and Pareko were all back, so the team looks like more like a team now. Uh the boss line is still together, except this time Sunquist is Shin. And it was a boss line oh, this yeah. night. Um Kairu Thomas and Teresinko, the the KT Tunstall line. <laughs> sad Brown and Peron. Uh I was sad about it. Cosden Bozak and Sunquist. Uh, Mikula Pareka, Frug, Fro- and Scandela. <laughs> Frog <Dirtis>. and fought. <laughs> Um The first period was good. Huso was the starter, and he made some huge danger saves early, uh, but not enough. And four minutes in, Ryan Johansson assisted by Matt Duchesne. A $16 million goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Duchesne had the puck along the left boards, walked around Thomas, and pushed protects the puck on his backhand against Mikkel as he makes his way towards the slot. Duchesne passes the puck to Johansson, who is flying in from behind everyone else, and he shoots the puck up and over a sprawling Kuso. Later in that period, Philip Forsberg is very good at hockey, and he scores a goal. It was a very Tarasenko-esque. Yes, it was very nice. Um, I'm glad Philip Forsberg. Like, I don't want the Predators to be good, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to be Tragically bad, either, right. and I'm, it seems like they pulled out of that nosedive. So
2: they're, they're quite good this year. Yeah, I'm
0: a little happy Am about that. Am I convinced? No, 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 but, God, but no. good for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. UC Saros seems to be really good. Ivan Barbashev scores his first goal and what would be one of his four points, I believe, on sure. the night. Um, Nineteen seconds after the Forsberg goal, Shin pressures Harper, who. Tries to cycle the puck back behind the Nashville net, but O'Reilly picks off the pass. He goes behind the net and passes it to Shin. Shin whips a quick pass to the back door for Barbashev to tip it in behind Saros. That was a very nice goal. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Um, and then Ryan O'Reilly scored his ninth goal, so he went from six to nine. <laughs> nice. Speaking of guys, Uh In one week. Teresinko and Krug assisted. He won the faceoff back to Krug. Krug passed the puck over to Teresinko for the one t Saros makes the save with his right pad, but O'Reilly collects the rebound and goes backhand over Saros' left for the goal. Left pad for the goal. Um, I don't want to, like, I, there's a lot of problems with this team, and I don't want to inflate their tires too much. But they feel a little bit like those dynastic uh, Blackhawks teams. (laughs) How we always used to talk about they could just, like, win games at will. Mm. You know, and they'd, like, just decide that it was their time to win a game. And we seem to be doing that a lot lately. Maybe that's not the best way to go about it. Maybe we could win a few that were just winning from the
2: start. (laughs) I think that's a good point because, like, as much as we talk about this defense stinking, I got to say they're not, like, I don't know. This team's not frustrating to watch. Yeah. There were times where this team performed better and was winning games like 2-1, however many years ago, mm-hmm. and they would I would like it, but they would actually be frustrating to watch. This team is at least like fun to watch. You might be like, damn, they can't play freaking defense, but at least they're winning games 6-5 or whatever, and you're like, you know what? If we need a goal, I believe we can get the goal mm-hmm. instead of before being like, oh, are we down by two? It's over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure
0: uh Braden Shin added to the total 59 seconds into the third that's uh basically three goals in five minutes you know Mm. all told um Barbashev hits Shin with a pass in the neutral zone it's two on one Shin fires a wrister from the top of the left circle and goes top corner on Saros and then Barbashev gets his second goal after Shin sprang Falk with a great pass he then entered the zone moved the puck over to Barbashev he wires it over the t- blocker of Saros. Uh, it was less than 10 minutes of game time, and they've gone from 2 nothing to leading 4-2. to two. Huso had some big saves late in the period. Ivan Barbashev, I don't know how good he can be. He, that shot was insane.
2: That was really
0: good. And, like, I don't... I'm trying not to be, like... It's one of those things where, like, on the one hand, I don't want to be like, well, this is just who he is now. He's mm. just, like, a top six... not borderline superstar, but like also he's showing the skills. It's not like there's a real big difference between a guy that's lucking into some goals. You know, Ryan Reeves had two goals last night against the Maple Leafs, and I don't think that means he's a star, but Ivan barbashev has been really freaking good. And I don't know what, I don't know if he's just like overloaded with fellow Russians and he feels very happy about it or what it is, but...
2: I know it's the queue uh-huh. i get that justin's cat yep. can score yep. blind shout out to
0: demetra yep, he uh, had blindfolded but uh
2: he had 62 points in 68 games his first season there then 68 and 48 games then 95 and 57 and presumably like you i guess the year after his draft here mm-hmm. so like he can score and i think corex written something on this i've just read, like read the headline but I haven't actually read, you know, you (laughs) read stuff, um, read the headline, but I haven't read the article, but it was basically along the lines of like, you know, barbershop had to change his game to kind of fit the blues lineup as, you know, a bottom six guy, Mm -hmm. but like, and it's worked and, you know, all credit to him, but he has that skill still in there to do all this stuff. And it's like, maybe now, like you said, he has the confidence with more Russians here. He's just hitting a stride or something where it's like, Holy crap. So you can kind of do like, All of, you can kind of do it all. He's very, he's not the same, doesn't play quite the same, but he reminds me this season, having a very Steen-like year. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't know who else you'd really compare him to, because, you know... I mean, I guess it's similar to the year Sunquist kind of broke out, but like not. I don't think even Sunquist went quite this far.
2: Sunquist broke out into being from like irrelevant to like, you're a third line player. And Barbershop's like bottom six to like top six, like with a bullet.
0: Yeah. And by the way, we have quickly gotten over our love for Oscar Sunquist as a collective. I've seen him. I know. People got a cool. Every trade package, and it's like, dude, he's still valuable, bro. Sidney <laughs> Crosby also severely
2: injured. Sidney Crosby was annoyed right. when he got that's traded. Right. So
0: if that's not enough to keep you, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Um Yeah, so Barbashev is really good. It's the Blues, so it can't be Yves. Yakov Trenin, who I believe uh, was um, Gorbachev's predecessor as as. <laughs> The oh, yeah. and, you know the thing that Gorbachev was <laughs> people love it people love the Russian. That's side. right. Uh, he scores after Pareko gets out muscled, which should never happen. Right. That's
2: the problem right there.
0: Uh, Myers one time the puck Huso made the save. Geno I think is how Good you job. say
2: that. Good job. I bet you get a sale.
0: Gets the rebound and shoots the puck. Uh, the puck deflects off Brown and Pareko in front. Trenning comes in unguarded back door and shovels the puck past Huso. The whole play was a mass of humanity, Ian. A mass. Um, this goal was scored right as the last line of Country Roads play, which is good. Good. Um, listen.
2: Whenever, the, whenever we're singing... Not I so don't, much on the Country Roads I don't roads mind, it, but whenever people are singing it and um, they're like the opposing teams in our zone and they're like peppering us. I yeah. kind of want to be like, everyone shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. This is like when people do the woo. I don't know if like, people woo a lot there now. Uh-huh. And if you're like winning the game by four or five goals, go for but it. Don't do it. But we've been losing. like tied before yeah. and I'm like, dude, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not time to have fun at this game.
0: Right. I do love the new outro, though. The Beach Boys outro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. It's very, Crisp. very glorious. You know, but it's not because we're not going to win another cup unless we do. When we get Marchi Ortega, <laughs> we got to win it for him. He's never won a cup unless he did. Who knows what happened before the Flames days? um Bar- <laughs> and Shin is what I almost said. Brayden Shin adds the icing on the cake. Not an empty neck goal, just a late. Regulation goal. It was very nice. O'Reilly stole the puck at center ice, chipped it along the boards and into the Nashville zone. Barbashev sped after it. It was an on man break with Shin. Mark Borviecki flops to his belly too soon. The old Pareko special, giving Barbashev <laughs> the perfect passing lane. Barbie moves the puck over to Shin, who one-times it past Saras. The Blues win handily 5-3 to three in a game uh, that I think flipped the two teams in the standings. I think so, yeah. Um the preds have been red hot. We get a big win. We immediately wash out the taste of the um, loss against the team that we lost to, the Maple Leafs. And we get a nice long break heading to Seattle for our first ever game at Climate Pledge Arena. So stupid name. Stupid name. I mean good. You, you know, the help, CPA. Help the climate. I'm all good. I'm good for that. But st- Pledge that
2: you'll help them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Stupid name. Stupid name stupid stupid name uh in any case um i also i also just genuinely believe amazon could have given hundreds of millions of dollars to the climate rather than to name an arena after their climate pledge but everything in there is reusable
2: everything all right so (laughs) toilet paper you're using someone just ate off that (laughs) someone just ate off that two minutes ago (laughs) They washed it. I they know, washed it. I
0: know that even... I know the direction you did that wasn't even as gross as it could have been, but... Ugh. All right, uh, Shin on another comeback. Well, I mean, that's the full
2: circle. I think know. it's just been the
0: mentality of maybe this culture in the organization for a while. You play to the final whistle. You don't give up. You're never out of a game. I think that's the mentality we have in our locker room. We know we can score goals. It's easy when we defend better and play hard in our own end, but you don't. Yeah. That's when we do score even more. It's kind of a never quit mentality with the team we have in here, and guys battle hard right to the final whistle. Uh, we had 16 high-danger chances against, so the defense wasn't that good.
2: Um, Even worse than the game against But Dallas. this is
0: Ivan Barbashev's, what, probably his best career game? Oh, in yeah. his last 10 games, he has 5 goals, 7 primary assists, 10 total assists, 15 points in 10 games, 60.4 on-ice goals, 4 percentage, and an 18, <laughs> 18.04 average time on ice. His time on ice, I think, has jumped like, Four minutes mm. per game since last season, which I mean, rightfully so, he deserves it. Uh fantastic! How long? How many more contract years does he have? It's, it's an, one more after this. I don't. Know. Yes, good. Because like, if he if he does this two years, then pay the man his money. That's right, fine. Right. But like, I don't want him to be. A UFA right after this year where we have to Doug, decide. Doug, no silly extensions, Doug. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it, Dougie. Don't do not do the Perico trap. Don't fall for it. So that's the Blues in a nutshell. They're hot right now. They're so hot
2: right now. They're very hot. That's all the kids can talk about.
0: I hope this break hasn't cooled them off. Now let's quickly talk about our rebuilds. I've decided to rebuild the San Jose Sharks and these GMs. Around the league, they suck. <laughs> I got rid of everybody. I traded Evander Kane. I traded Eric Carlson for like I traded Eric Carlson and my first for Neil Pionk and a higher first or something like that. Um, and I traded uh, I traded Evander Kane right away. Got rid of him <laughs> for like two two seconds or something. I mean, I got rid of all these people and then. Um, I tra- I've trained pretty much everyone that wasn't nailed down and then my first draft year I got Joachim Kimmel who's like a very highly regarded uh. sniper prospect see I think it's interesting cause I care more about like the drafting and the, sn- and the prospect development than you but you're like more of a team builder type person um and then uh my coup de grace was in the second draft, which is the Connor Bedard year. I tried desperately to get the first overall pick from whoever had it and I couldn't get it. And so I had two first round picks, one of which I'd gotten by trading Nick Bonino. I, oh, think. I first? traded Nick Bonino, maybe with like another pick in there, but got Boston's first and then Boston sucked. <laughs> so I had the third overall pick. Um, and I, they, wouldn't let me trade for the first overall pick, but then they didn't take Connor Bedard somehow, which doesn't make any sense. And mm. so I the Coyotes had the next pick, and I like figured out a way to trade up and I drafted Connor Bedard. So now I've got Bedard and Kemel are like my third line, like hot shot line. <laughs> uh Equins developed into a stud. I've brought back Joe Pavelski and Joe Thornton. Cause as long as they're not retired, why not? might as well, you oh know? Um, and then Neil Pionk and, um, is it Hanfus Lindholm? One of those, one of those ducky boys are my goal, are my top pairing. So that could probably improve, but I also have a, um, is it? Yeah. Ilya Samsonov as my goalie. Cause for some reason at the sake <sighs> second trade deadline, they were going to trade him. And, uh, I... I... I took that advantage of that and for I also have uh, Vladimir Tarasenko this year what? because he was a free agent and he didn't the Did free agent well so the free agency they do in that game is so bad it needs a rehab so badly you can make like one offer and then you have to sim five days and just hope your team accepts it oh, yeah. which doesn't make any sense it's funny because they've like totally revamped the trade deadline have you participated yeah, yeah. in those and that's super cool but they should be doing something similar with like free agent frenzy where it's like all in the same day and you're going back and forth and you can like
2: yeah. outbid
0: your opponents that'd be pretty dope but instead yeah, it's like this weird no system for like a week. so yeah and then like you like I want I, I went on it all in on a pastor knock and I didn't get him And so I was like left with spaces, and Tarasenko didn't get signed, and so he was willing to do a one year contract. So I just did, I just did it for like eight million because I had tons of cap room, and like I signed him, and it's great. But like, it's just the system is so broken. (laughs) But that's not good. That's my team. We've won our first two games this season by like a combined score of like eighteen to four. Holy shit! Um, Because it's (laughs) I've been I've i've played those two personally and it's just been a ton of fun because everybody oh i've got andreas athens to see you and he just like Zoom you.
2: zooms around everybody
0: so it's been fun how's yours going terrible
2: <laughs> uh i haven't touched in a little bit but i went through two seasons we were like almost made the playoffs we missed it by three points in the or what did i do i did one season where we sucked second season we missed the playoffs by like three points and then i on my third season and i need <laughs> need to make some changes well, let's see. For the Buffalo Sabres, I've got... Um, who do I have? I got Dylan Cousins, who is like an 88 now or something. As my like top mm-hmm. line center. I'm like, perfect. You're doing great, buddy. But I went crazy in free agency the first summer after I got rid of Skinner and I got rid of Akposo um, for just like picks. Thankfully, even packaged, I think, like lower picks and got some higher ones. And then what I ended up doing was getting... Philip Forsberg in free agency. Mm-hmm. I got... Uh, I kept Olofsson because he was actually playing pretty well. This already happened with the Eichel trade. So I have Tuck. Alex Tuck up there in my top six. And then I also went out. And who did I get? I got Nino Niederreiter. That's hometown
0: hero, Alex. Back to you. Yeah.
2: I got Nino Niederreiter. I got Jonathan Taves. At first I got Evgeny Malkin and he played really good. Mm-hmm. And then the next year... He dropped down like two points. He went from like an 87 to like 85 and he wanted even more money. And I was like, all right, buddy, you're walking. So I got Taves to replace him and Taves was doing pretty good. And then I can't remember who my other, who my other, uh, winger is. That might've been all of them. No, I think that's all of them for top six. I got like Nolachari for like dirt money. And I was like, okay, you're perfect for down here. (laughs) I went and traded too much to get some like fourth line plug that my coach really liked. You like fit in really well. Uh Uh-huh off of um dallas i can't remember his freaking name it's he's on that he's actually on that team but i was like okay my defense is atrocious my defense i can't fix i've got like dolly and i couldn't like that really good yeah but he's perfect you know (laughs) i didn't have to do anything for that um (laughs) don't just don't touch that um
0: i've been trying to go and trade for like a like a young stud defenseman, you can't get
2: him. That's so hard. Well, like, Dali, so free agency Chik- thing, too. Like I even so tried good... Chikrin,
0: who I didn't yeah. want, but I tried, like, Dallin and uh, Shabbat. I tried really yeah. hard for Shabbat and couldn't get him.
2: There's, like, good... There were decent ones at free agency, but, uh-huh. like, again, to your point, like, they take forever. Yeah. I'd offer, like, more of than what they wanted. And then a week later, like, sorry, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. And then I'd check free agency again, and like all the we were gone. I took a
0: swing at Klingberg, but yep, I've but tried I didn't Klingberg. really want him too bad because like he's old. But like,
2: I tried Letang. Mm-hmm. I tried to get Sergachev out of uh ter- or out of uh, Tampa, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. So I have like I have like the worst defense. I've and like nothing. Mm-hmm. I've got like a couple people that are still there. Like who is it, Yoki Haru or whatever. Who's like a back there? Yeah, I went out and got like Nudavara. I brought back one of the guys they got rid of because I totally forgot who's the defenseman on the um, the Panthers. is it McNabb? Is that the guy yes. that's on the on the, Chicago? Yeah, yep. I brought him back and I was like, shit, wait a second, <laughs> I don't want you. Um, the goaltending situation's all right though. I got Dreger and I have Ranta. And they're well, both pretty, pretty good. well. That's pretty yeah. Um, and I have What's-His-Face there. Luke Kupaka. Who's my backup for Samsonov?
0: Somebody finished, I think, but
2: not... Not...
0: Billy well, no, no. <laughs>
2: but not Billy Who was it? I'll figure it out. After we're done recording this podcast. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta fix some stuff, but um, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna be yeah. at work.
0: I'm, I love it. It's fun. Two thoughts real quick, and then we, we gotta stop. Um... We got two hours and fifteen minutes we're gonna hit on this puppy. Thought number one. Thought number one, you mentioned Jonathan Tames. Did you see this report today? Oh that the Blackhawks have said that every but that, that no one is untouchable except for if you okay, let's let's do it this way. If you were the Chicago Blackhawks right yeah, now, yeah. a bad team that's trying to rebuild, oh, no. which players would you say are untouchable?
2: A bad team that's trying to rebuild. Probably like Alex Dubrincin mm-hmm. and maybe I don't is Kirby Doc any good? Maybe like good. maybe like Kirby Doc, yeah. Um, and I mean they probably have some maybe thing. like an
0: Adam Boquist. Oh, you already He's traded not. him. Yeah.
2: I was like maybe they have they probably have other prospects that they really like to keep yeah. that I just don't know. Yeah. But like so, those two,
0: so their untouchables are Jonathan Taves, uh-huh. Patrick Kane, and Seth Jones, and anyone else is on the block is how this report came out. And which means that everyone and their mother on Twitter is proposing trade proposals for Alex Debrincat, Yeah. Which is like, listen, man, that team's screwed. So, like, I don't think they're ever... I don't think they're going to be relevant while Debrincat is, like, yeah. really young. But, like, how? How could you not have him as an untouchable? He's a superstar. <laughs> Excuse uh, me,
2: they're not going to win another couple of those two there. yeah no at least maybe you know what they might if they traded one of them and got a really fat return and then kind of like jumpstarted them uh, because they're not gonna do that yeah you should trade patrick Kane as you get a much better return but you should keep patrick Kane because he's the much better player of mm-hmm. the two they mm-hmm. should really trade Jonathan. yeah
0: and my other thought real quick is i i had a co-worker talk me into getting the far cry yeah. games uh he he's playing six obviously But he recommended getting five because it'd be cheaper and at like a better you know, kind of doorway into the series. I've never played one before and I've always seen the commercials and I've thought that looks like stupid and chaotic. And I've played them now and they are stupid and chaotic, but so much fun. (laughs) And I really don't think I like understood the premise of the games at all. Like I had no frame of reference for what the premise is. Mm -hmm. But now I like really like it and I think it's dope.
2: Now you gotta play the other five.
0: I've got to. I guess I gotta beat them all. (laughs) But like this this map's so huge in open world and it's like i'm never gonna get anywhere near the the end of this game because like i'm not focused enough with like open world sandbox kinds of games and this map is like gargantuan it's insane so really enjoying it you know far cry yeah. 5 people ubisoft really They've needed a listening. boost from the two guys one cup podcast Ian, we've gone over two minutes, and oh, si- two
2: hours and 16 listen minutes. Listen to The Weeknd's new album. It's it's dope. <laughs> it speaks to me. It might not speak to you. It but will give It will speak a try. to you.
0: The man speaks to everyone. He's the voice of a generation. It's So good. It's so good. I've been thinking about uh, Olivia Rodrigo's brutal brutal a lot lately because every time I'm outside, I literally think it's brutal out here. <laughs> but uh, no, Weeknd is great, and I need to listen to the album because I haven't yet to the last one.
2: So good. Twenty twenty, the one he put out twenty twenty was fire, and then this came out, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be good, but not quite as good." I'd almost say better. It's crazy. Blinding
0: lights is one of the best songs released in my lifetime. <laughs> like,
2: it was. I like, think it was a bright light in the dark. Time. I think
0: so highly of that song. I guess it did because it like came out like right as the pandemic. started. Yeah, I remember
2: right? listening to that like at home, like the week that I was sent home to work from. Yeah,
0: home. but. Um, man, it's so good. And, uh, yeah, go
2: check it out. Check
0: it out, folks. The weekend, Spelled without uh, a third
2: E. For Don, Don FM. That's yeah. the record. If you can't find it, you know, if it's, yeah. it's unreachable. <laughs> Again,
0: another another institution that really needed, a, <laughs> I needed our the bumps. 2G1C bump. So, uh, speaking of bumps, go check out The weekend. And good night, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy. Oh, <music>